Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Heavenly Father, I want to come to you this day in Jesus' name. And Lord God, I just want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for this time, Lord Jesus Christ, and I just want to thank you for everything that you've done. Lord, I just want to thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy and your long-suffering upon us, Lord Jesus Christ, that you want us to be the children of obedience. Yes, Lord. Your children, Lord Jesus Christ, that we will do your will, Lord God, in these last days that are upon us, that we will go out, Lord Jesus Christ, and that we will tell others of you, Lord, the only way, Lord Jesus Christ, to be saved, the only way to be made over, the only way to be set free from this present-day evil life is by trusting and believing in you, Lord Jesus Christ, and having a full relationship with you. Yes, Lord. So, Lord Jesus Christ, I'm asking and praying that you be with everyone in the ministry tonight, Lord Jesus Christ, everything that we're going through, everything that we're dealing with, that we just give it to you, Lord, and that we just stay single-eyed and focused on you with everything that we got going in our lives, Lord, to know it's not more important than your plan and your will for our lives, Lord Jesus Christ, which is to endow us with your power, Lord God, and the Holy Ghost, that we will go out into this world, Lord God. Yes. Lord. And I'm praying that you help us to finally see that, to seek it, Lord, to seek after you in everything that we do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. I'm praying that you be with the Bible study tonight, Lord Jesus Christ, that it is your words that are spoken, not mine. It's not about me, Lord. It's not about us. It's about your will being done, Lord Jesus Christ, because there is a world of people out there tonight going to hell, lost, Lord, because the church has fallen asleep. So I'm praying that we finally wake up, Lord God, to see what's really important in our lives, and that is to get saved, to be sanctified, to be filled with your Holy Ghost, to go out, Lord Jesus Christ, and to tell others of you to be your servant in these days that we're living. And thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for everything that you've done. Lord God, because you're the only one, Lord, that deserves all the praise, all the glory, and all of the honor. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Continue to strengthen and build up our armor as we press forward into the spiritual warfare. But set us through that furnace of affliction to purge and to burn off the world and the less thereof. That when we come to the other side, we reflect only you. In Jesus Christ, your most holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. Yes. All right. So tonight's study is going to be called Having the Appearance of Righteousness. Having the Appearance of Righteousness. And, you know, I know that this has been gone over, you know, several times, and I'm just praying that tonight that the Lord give us greater understanding as to why it is important that we understand um, what it means when it says having the appearance of righteousness, or as 2 Timothy 3 says, having a form of godliness. And the reason why that is is because if any one of us have been brought up in religion, you know, like I know I have and many other people have, we understand that 
I believe that there were some really on fire pastors in the day in, in, in the Baptist religion. And I believe that they preached fire and brimstone, and they preached that, hey, you know what, if we don't get right with God, if we don't get right with the Lord and have a relationship with Him, you're, we're going to go to hell. Mm -hmm. And that was the message that they preached. And over the course of time, especially in the 90s, all of that started to dwindle away. And before you know it, a shift change happened. And it became less about, you know, the consequences of not believing in Jesus Christ, not being saved, not getting filled with the Holy Ghost and going out, it became less of that and became more of the sugar gospel that we see today. And we wonder, it's like, what's wrong with the world today? What's wrong with church folks today? And not every church is bad, but it's the majority. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because now people have that appearance of righteousness, but they're still a void in their lives. Mm -hmm. So they go to church all the time, and they do everything that the, you know, whatever religion that they're in teaches them to do. Mm -hmm. But if they were to go through any kind of trial or tribulation or persecution or loss of family or anything like that, they would fall apart at the seams simply because it's just been religious antics this whole time. Mm -hmm. They've had an appearance of righteousness. They look good in their 12-piece suit on Sunday. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, when it comes down to actually going out and talking to people about the Lord, they're nowhere to be found. And I speak on this from my own personal experience of when I went to church as a little girl, you know, especially in the, the older I was, like late teens and early 20s, you know, we would go out and we would, you know, either go door to door or we would go downtown and talk to the college kids. And I would be one of the, I didn't want to talk to anybody. And the reason why is because I didn't study the Word. For myself, I didn't know what it says. I just wanted to have that, okay, I'm a Christian, but I don't want to tell anybody about it. Because I really wasn't, you know, I really wasn't, you know, a follower of Jesus Christ at that time. I just had it masked. But no matter how much, and it's really important that we have an understanding of what this means, because it doesn't just affect us. It affects everyone that's around us. Mm -hmm. It truly does, because... You know, I talk to people about the Lord at, at work and stuff, and, you know, I got one person telling me, they're like, before talking to you, which I never take credit for, and it's all the Lord, that they said, you know, before when someone said that they were religious or they believed in God, they said, stay away from me because so many people had been hypocrites, you know, hypocriting around with that. You know, they say they bring a Bible with them to work, and then they were at the club on the weekends. And it's just like, you know... They were like, how is it you can do both of those things? You know, they, they even knew that there was something wrong with that picture. So if, if you got the worldly people looking at us like, okay, you have to show me what an example of a real Christian is. We're being watched all the time. Mm -hmm. So let's break this down tonight. Let's first go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse 1. Tonight's Bible study is having the appearance of righteousness. All right. Second Timothy three and verse one. Let's start reading here. 
This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lover, uh, lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinence, fierce, despisers of those that are good. So despisers of those that are good, we already know what that means. It's not like the intent of doing good, but that good is Jesus Christ within us because he is the only one that is good. So there are going to be people that despise us for the fact that we believe in Jesus Christ. We know this to be true. I mean, look at what's all going around us in the world today. So we know that for a fact. Traitors, uh, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. So having that form of godliness, like we were just talking about, is that on the outward appearance... We look godly. We have a Bible in our hands. We may even quote some scripture here and there, you know. Uh, and, and we may do all that, but what's really on the inside of us? And this is something I have to pray about constantly, that the Lord check my spirit and check me every single day because I don't want to be a hypocrite in front of people. You know, and that's, that. I mean... I'm going to tell you what, it's really not that far off from doing if we're not careful. Because if we, like David Wilkerson was saying at one time, he got so busy with doing all sorts of stuff that his anointing had gone away. And he thought he was serving God in the process. So it's nothing wrong with being busy for the Lord. But we got to make sure that in the process of, of us being busy for the Lord that we don't get too busy for him. Even doing full-time ministry work, you know, which is something I'm praying that very soon that the Lord's going to allow me to do. It's like, okay, in this, i got to make sure that what I'm doing is not for anyone else but the Lord. It's not for show. It's not say, hey, woo -hoo, look at me or anything like that. This is all about what the Lord wants us to do. And it's a constant prayer life with Him. Just like with the Bible study that was done recently about stop praying and stop playing. You know, I have a prayer life, but that Bible study actually checked me. Because I was like, you know what, I'm praying, but I can't get too tired for the Lord. We can never, ever, ever be too tired for the Lord. Because He has got to be what's most important in our lives. So if we find ourselves too bogged down with work or, or school or friends or family or whatever it is, then it's time that we start saying, hey, wait a minute. I love you guys and everything like that, but I can't just put the Lord on the back burner and get so busy with everything else. And it's like, if I'm only giving him 5, 25, 30 minutes a night in prayer and, look, and reading my Bible and everything, that's, a, you know, he, this is what we give the devil. And if this is what we're giving the Lord, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, we got to switch the tables on that, you know. Um, but it's just making sure that, we place our relationship with the Lord at the most, at the highest of the highest levels that we can place Him. Because if we're not doing that and we're placing everything else in front of Him, man, it's time that we start to put the brakes on and say, okay, what's going on here? Verse 6. For, the, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive, captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts. That's a different kind of lust. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, 
the, the knowledge of the truth. So ever learning and never able coming to the knowledge of the truth is just someone that they can know this Bible inside and out, constantly researching, constantly doing this, but they never come to that truth. It's like when the Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, we've all sinned, but the next verse is saying that those that are justified. So we can be justified in Jesus Christ. But if you've got someone that's constantly trying to read the scriptures and constantly trying to get knowledge, the simple truth is, is that the, the only way that this, this word comes alive to us is if we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only way. You know, you can read this. I mean, Satan knows this Bible inside and out. He doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, he hates him. So what's that go show us? It's good to read the scriptures. It is great to read the scriptures. I mean, yes, we should always read the scriptures. But if we're reading it and it's just like something's wrong with this picture because the the the, the life is, is not there like it used to be. It's not the scriptures that's wrong. It's us. There's something wrong with our spirit. There's something wrong with our heart. Mm -hmm. And that's when we need to say, okay, Lord, something's not right with this picture here. You know, show me so that way we're not on the outside, you know. That's why we need the word, the relationship, and the spirit. Mm -hmm. You cannot separate those three. You need them all. The word, yes, because this is what God wants us to know, to have this word inside of us. But then we need that relationship that God can continue to connect with you and pour onto you and definitely the spirit so that we can we are empowered to do the things that we read and we can get through our relationship. I mean that's you need all three. Amen, absolutely. And the spirit will even tell you when something is not right. That's why, you know, you can have people quoting scripture and everything like that and the spirit will tell you, hey, yeah, they might be quoting the right words, but it's in the wrong spirit. You mm -hmm. know, so that's always a, a thing we need to look out for. Yeah, exactly. And that's one reason why I like I like listening to the Bible studies is because, you know, sometimes when we're sitting in here, you may miss something at first, but it, the, you go over and it's just like, oh my goodness. It's like the Lord really likes, he spoke to me just through listening it. Because sometimes you can forget things. Like, there was an example I used on Sunday about a pregnant spider. It's talking, basically we're talking about the last days. And it was about, you know, I used a pregnant spider and I said that when a spider squished, you know, all the babies come out. And they don't say, oh, you know, mama spider's dead. What? No, they just disperse. I was listening to Your Belly is Your God Bible study. And there he, he had mentioned it in that. But he was telling me that someone else had mentioned it even prior back to that. So I was like, you know. Yeah. So I didn't want to take credit for something that wasn't that I didn't actually, you know, come up with. And it's not the Lord can't give revelation, but it's good to re-listen to things because, you know, just for those examples or the Lord speaking to us saying, "Hey, this I, I need you to hear this right now because I'm talking to you right now." And the Lord, I mean, it's funny how you can be taught by things that the Lord might be teaching. You could be the one speaking, mm -hmm. but you don't even realize it's for you. And then you go back and you listen later. You're like, man, you know, like, why didn't I hear this earlier? Or even when I'm wrong, you know, you listen again and it's like, yeah, you could have said that better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, it's fine. But just like listening to over and over, you know, reading this over and over, you get more out of each time. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. Every time, every time it's like, you know, we can be reading over the same scriptures and it's like something new comes out of it. 
So it, it's great that, you know, that's why we continuously have to read the Word. You know, I don't think we could ever just sum it up and, you know, reading it. You know, some people read it through in one year or two years, everything, and they say, well, that's fine. And like, no, I mean, I, I you got to read it. you got to be led by where the Lord leads us to go. Even if we just read it two days ago, if the Lord leads us back there, hey, go back here. i got something else for you to read. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop feeding one that gets the everlasting exactly or you can start thinking you know the meaning of something and find out the true meaning later on mm-hmm. oh that's happening you thought you knew the truth and mm-hmm. then you listen and yeah yeah alright yeah. verse 8 now as Jannies and Jambres withstood Moses so do these also resist the truth men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith so this is interesting, too, because it says, verse 7, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And in verse 8, now as these, as Jannies and Jambres, withstood Moses. So these aren't people that don't know God. If, if, we're, if we're reading these, these two verses together, these are not people that are not saying, oh, we don't know the truth or we don't know the Lord or anything like that. These are people that are proclaiming to be Christians, but on the inside, um... So do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. Joel Osteen, T.D. Jakes, Tyler Perry, all those guys out there saying that they know the truth, but inwardly on the inside, man, they're corrupt. They're resisting the truth, and they're trying to tell people, hey, this is the way to do it, but they're full of corruption on the inside. That's what it's totally all about. They've got that appearance of righteousness, but on the inside, Antichrist. That's right. Verse 9. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs was also. But thou that fully know but thou but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. So in all of that, Paul is saying, if you want to have a real appearance of righteousness, this right here is eventually what it's going to take. But he said, all of the, out of all of this, the Lord delivered him. He didn't say that the Lord, we know that Paul went through some persecutions. Jesus Christ went through some persecutions. His disciples went through some persecutions, but he said the Lord delivered him. So it's not that he didn't say, I didn't go through it, but he did. He kept him living after it had happened to him, so that way he could continue on and tell people. Verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So these people are not only just deceiving or, you know, being deceived, but they're actually deceiving other people. And that is why we have got to have on the helmet of salvation, we have got to know this word for ourselves so we're not taken away by something that sounds slightly like the truth. Because if you're being deceived, you can only deceive others. Like Jehovah's Witnesses, you're going to teach what you think is true. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. while you're deceived, you're going to teach it to other people. And no, swear you're right. You know that's just that's crazy. That's true because it's like when I was in the you know the Baptist religion, I didn't pray, I didn't read my Bible unless I had to. You know, church got in the way because I had my TV shows I wanted to watch. So 
anything that the pastor could have said at that time, I would have believed. You know, they were still, for the most part, reading the King James at that time. Some of the other versions had come in, but they could have said anything, and I would have believed it. Why? Because I didn't read this word for myself. I didn't know what it said. Back then, it was just like, well, we got to learn it because of school and everything. So I only read it when I had to. And back then, because of all, you know, to me, it was like all the these and the thous got in the way. So, you know, I, I didn't understand what it said. So if we don't have an understanding of what God's word says, then it's very, very easy for us to be deceived. And that's what they're doing in cemeteries, seminaries today, sorry, is that, that, that they're doing that. I went to Bible college for two years in the early 2000s, you know, and it was, they had a theology classes and everything. And so the professor only can teach what he knows. And the students can only teach what they're taught by the professors. So if we're not understanding this, and I tell people, you can save yourself thousands of dollars by learning this word for yourself and having the understanding of the Holy Ghost to lead you through it's it. true because I'm even being shown some things about, you know, false pastors and teachers in the pulpit. The Lord is revealing to me the signature. And the signature is motivational speaking. Mm -hmm. I've noticed we had one come to my um, work the other day, like last week. And when I was listening to this guy talk, I'm like, man, this guy sounds like Todd White. This guy sounds like all the others. But whenever you got people coming up to you and they're like, well, while they're talking, yeah, because I want you guys to understand that, you know, because in my life, one time, I tried to understand what people were doing. And he told me that you're the one. And blah, blah, blah. See, when you're doing all that, that's motivational speaking. You can go to school for that. And I'm not trying to interrupt. But as I was sitting there listening, I'm like, man, you know how many people must have gone to the same place that this man went to but decided to teach the Bible that way? You can't just bring the word with enthusiasm. you got to be moved with the Spirit. Yeah. You can speak with your hands to your side and make a point. And, you know, if the Spirit is speaking through you, it's going to get through. Mm -hmm. Derek Prince had one of the smoothest deliveries you would ever hear. Never really had to do much, but he made his point. But whenever you got to act and you got to get it over, and you, young man, you know, man, when you're doing all of that, you're trying to work the emotions of the people so they can start getting really thrilled and entertained. Mm -hmm. It's an act. Sorry, guys. I mean, I just got carried away. Just what did you say? Uh, something about inspiration. Like, inspiration can be either good or bad. Like... To be breathed upon by a spirit. Right. Yeah. So, they could be breathing upon... They're breathing upon the wrong spirit upon people. Because when someone's up there doing that, eventually you're either going to be like, Ooh, yeah, let's get pumped, or you're going to walk out. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> it's going to be one or the other. So, yeah, I mean... Because really, those people that will look back at their video and say, man, I look good. Man, mm -hmm. I was doing this. Like, I bet mm -hmm. they got the message because I was doing this and just... Mm -hmm. Pointing fingers and <laughs> doing backflips, and <laughs> you know they really. I mean, Jesus speaks with boldness. You know, if, if you just read it, it's just like authority. right. It's authority. It's mm -hmm. not like Hands you need to put on a show. It's also about the fruit of the message. Like, what are they saying? You know, a lot of times, if they're acting, it's more about they are wanting to be liked, and it's more about emotions and exciting and feeling into the flesh, but. Um, I mean, I think that there are some people who can, like when even at times, Derek, you get passionate about what you're saying and preaching, um, and you're not acting or, you know, throwing around arms or stuff and trying to get people to like you, but you're very, um, into what you're saying, you know, and moved, but with compassion with what you're saying right. and inspired, but 
But these people can even fake compassion, man. False tears and all that. Yeah, because what we're trying to do is mm -hmm. reach you. You know, and it's just like, man, you can see the spirit will even tell you, man, don't you raise your hand. Don't you say amen. <laughs> you know, this person is a phony, you know. But anyway, sorry. No, that's fine. Perfectly fine. Verse 12. Yea, all that will live godly in Jesus Christ shall suffer persecution. So, I mean, this verse right here sums it up. People want to say we're never going to go through anything. What does the word say? Right here, this very simple verse, but very powerful verse. Because if we are really righteous in us, there are people in other countries today, like China, uh, Korea, both North and South Korea. It's like they can't say that they believe in Jesus Christ over there without having an understanding of what lies at the end of that. Even in countries where, you know, they uh, have Allah as their God. You know, you're an infidel if you go against the Quran and Allah. And um, so your, parent, your own family will turn you in over there. And so when it talks about Matthew 10 where it says family shall rise up against family, over there they're living that. Because mm -hmm. over there, I, I saw one guy's testimony. He, he was over in a mosque and he tried to disprove the Bible. And when he found out, you know, the Lord told him, he basically had the same experience as Paul had, and he converted and became a Christian. As soon as he became one, he went and tried to tell his family. Like the, the very next day, he was on fire for the Lord. He spent three years in prison. He was barely, he was barely fed. He was persecuted all the time. Basically, they ripped his fingernails out of his hand. They were getting ready to hang him. And on that day when they were getting ready to hang him, a guy came in with an order and said, they found no reason to hang him and let him go. But in three years' time, he never was ashamed of the gospel. In three years' time, he did not, he did not denounce Jesus Christ at all because he couldn't. He actually, when you have a relationship with somebody, you don't denounce that person. You have, you know, uh, If a couple gets married, you're not going to say, I denounce you as my husband or as my wife. I don't believe in you. So if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if we really do, we're not going to denounce him because we can't. He's living on the inside. No matter what we go through, no matter how bad it gets in our life, we know that he lives on the inside. Mm -hmm. And you cannot denounce that we believe in him no matter what. And so, in that being said, with the way that things are going, and we're seeing it ramp up more and more and more, this verse and what other people are going through in other countries is soon going to be here. And we're going to have to know that we know that we know that our faith is in Jesus Christ. So that way we can stand. And this is something I've, I'm constantly praying over that the Lord say, you know, keep me strong in the faith. I don't want to turn away. I don't want to go away. I don't want to do anything, no matter how bad it gets. You know, the torture is not going to be fun. But the thing is, is that it will last. It's a but moment. I think at that point when the Lord really touches a Christian, and you go through, because this is coming from someone that's experienced so much. But I think that when the gospel really touches someone and you're going through, that's not you going through it because you'll give up. That's Christ and mm. you enduring those mm -hmm. blows. So even though it may be, some things may be painful and hurtful, but Christ is, is absorbing those blows and taking them for you. Right. So it's not going to be the same as an average man being tortured. You know, you're going to be Christ tortured. And as you know, Christ endured the cross. That's right. So Christ and you will endure whatever it is that they throw at you. Amen. I exactly. believe that. 
And I think this is why the Lord is allowing us to see the things that are going on now with the laws that they're trying to pass in California that will eventually make its way up here. You know, what they're saying in Chicago about, you know, that it's mandate it's going to be mandated in schools that they teach homosexual history. You know, why you got to mandate something if it's supposed to be natural? <laughs> you know, so, but this is the, this is the push that the, that the enemy's trying to do. I mean, if you think about it, 30, 40, 50 years ago, no way. No way would they have gotten away with that. So, what's going on now? What's going on now to where it's being accepted? In our society, you know, the devil works a little bit at a time. He's very patient because he already knows what his end is. So, why is it, and I was talking to one gentleman at work, and, you know, we were talking about uh, the homosexuality and the way it's gotten and everything. And he said, he thinks, too, that we know that most, 95% of homosexuals were molested as a kid. But now he's saying that, and I, to somewhat agree, it's becoming a fad, too. Like it's what the cool kids are doing. Mm-hmm. So, because you, I mean, I don't think every everyone that is is molested as a kid. Most of them are, but now it's like with you know guys wearing skinny jeans or hanging their pants or doing whatever. Something's in our society long enough. It does so become exactly, and it's becoming more of a fad now because if you look at the age group that it's getting in schools, younger and younger and younger and younger. So. The devil's making it look cool now, which is sickening. I mean, you already got to have a warped mind as it is. And I'm not speaking hate speech. Lord knows that I'm not saying that. But it's what has been done to the person. So if you were never molested as a child, and now all of a sudden you think that looks cool because of what someone else went through and the persecution and, and the turmoil that's going on in their head, if that looks cool to somebody, I mean... What is wrong with that? But that's how we know that this is Satan's kingdom. And that's why we know we cannot just appearance, have that appearance that we know God. We've got to know that we know God. And we've got to know that we've got Jesus Christ in us because of what's coming our way. All right. Let's see here. Um, verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. Amen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that a man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works so this scripture I, I'm telling you every time like we were talking about every time that we read it something new comes up every time that we read it the Lord may check us you know it's not to hurt us it's so hey you know what I want you to know that you're still my child but you cannot continue to go on this way I've got bigger plans for you out in the world to go and save people so he you know he does that to me you know, all the time he's doing that to me, saying, hey, I don't want you to go. Come back. Let's go, you know. Uh, I mean, I'll watch Christian films and Christian documentaries, but there are times when it's like the Lord's saying, turn those off, get into my word, or get into an hour and a half of prayer. So that way, my life is stronger in the Lord, because I know what he's calling me to do. 
I know what he's wanting us all to do, and that's to get out there. I mean, look at the people out on the streets that are on drugs, on alcohol, homeless. I mean, it's like, you know, I would rather be out there eight hours a day, you know, talking to them about the Lord than being eight hours at a job, but at a dead-end job, you know, that's getting nothing. I mean, thank the Lord he's taking care of my finances, but that's not the end-all, be-all. That's not where it's at. You know, I don't know how many times I should have been homeless and out on the streets and the Lord prevented it from happening. So it's like, you know, those people need Jesus Christ. And that's, you know, that's where I want to be. But I know that there, there are things in my life that he's still working out of me. And I want those things to be worked out of me. You know, because it's like we really do have to have a disdain and, and I'm going to say it, a hatred for the things of this life. Now, I'm not saying for people. But lust and everything like that that goes with it, we got to hate those things. So that way, the Lord can fill us with his Holy Ghost. You know, I mean, how many times has he spared our life? How many times has he done things for us? And it's like we're still working for the world system. And I'm talking to myself when I say this. And, you know, he really wants us out there full time on fire for him and having his Holy Ghost and his righteousness in him. So that way, not everyone's going to get saved, but that doesn't matter. What matters is what his word says to go out and to preach and to every creature. That's what he said to do. And I believe that that is for now time because it says in his gospel, he's saying to his disciples, what I say unto you, I say unto all men. So he wasn't just talking to them. If we believe that this word is living and it's power and it's truth and everything that's within it is, it's, you know, living water, the bread of living life, I mean, then... We can't just say, oh, God, I believe in you sometimes, but not right now. i got other things i got to do. So this is what he wants us to do. He wants us to be his ministers because the days that we're living in, you know, we don't know how much time we have left, truth be told. No, because they're actually talking about, oh, Martin's going to say something. Uh, it's going to add to the uh, rivers of living water. I was reading something from, from uh, that book from Henry Gruber. Mm -hmm. It talked about how with the... Living water is just like, just imagine like this this river that just flows. You, you know, nothing stands in its way. It's gonna mm -hmm. keep flowing out of life. It's never gonna stop flowing. Mm -hmm. So if like if, if that's you, just constantly doing the work of God and just have it flow right through you, nothing will stand in your way. It's like we'll, we'll just take all the dirt away, all the rocks away. You're gonna, you know. It's so true. Right. I think it's a direct pipeline to the Lord mm -hmm. because I'm telling you, for me. I used to try and study the Bible all I could in my private time, but it wasn't until I got into the ministry and started teaching, that's when the Lord started giving me more understanding, more revelation, seeing that your cup doesn't run dry. So it really is, you know, ministry is a thing of service, man. You know, when you are willing to give, I don't care if you only know two scriptures in here. If all you do is talk to people about that, the Lord will give you 16. You know, next week he'll give you 35. Next week he'll give you 52. But it just doesn't matter because you're giving. And God wants you to continue. So being in ministry is one of the fastest ways to get built up in Christ. Not because that's that's the goal, but because you have a care for people and you want to do it. Mm -hmm. Man, look at Christina just started. Like, I mean, when she first started, you know, with the Bible and reading, whatever. But it's like the Lord continued to pour into that gift. You know, like... Keep it flowing because he saw there was something there. He's going to use it. He'll do that to anybody. It doesn't oh, even yeah. matter who. Exactly. He will, if you believe and you speak about what you know, he will add to it. That's God. He's very reciprocal. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to Isaiah 55. 
Isaiah 55 and verse 1. Amen. Oh. And we got to remember too to pray for Henry Rubin. Um, you already know, because you got the uh, messages and stuff like that. His wife uh, has got cancer, so I'm just telling people out there that might know him or want to hear him, but I think it's skin cancer or something. No, he had skin cancer. She, she's got something with her um, yeah. kidneys and it's her, yeah, it's going mm-hmm. through her organs. And, right. Yeah, she's with uh, her daughter now, and I guess mm-hmm. he's taking the time to deal with her because he's canceling all his trips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to pray for that. What a strong woman, you know, to be married to Henry Gruber. He goes around everywhere doing the Lord. And she was, you know, doing what she needed to do. Stuck by him. That's power. A relationship ordained by God. That's right. All right, Isaiah 55 and verse 1. Oh, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that, that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. So what it's talking about here is, is that when we have a relationship with the Lord and we seek after the bread of life, which is his, that's his living water and the Holy Ghost. You can't buy this. There's no way that you can buy our, we can't buy our salvation. And so that's what he's talking about here is, is that we can constantly feed on this word and it doesn't cost us a cent. Not one cent does it cost us. I mean, it may cost you to buy the, the Bible itself, but outside of that, it's free. Freely given, freely received. So if we're constantly looking after that and having wanting to have the Holy Ghost in us more and more and more and more to constantly get into this world to turn off everything, the lights, cell phones, the computers, the world, everything in our life and get into this word, then it's free. And we can live on this word. You know, I mean, I, I, I know I've asked this before and it's just like how... On fire would our prayers be if we spent eight and ten hours locked up in our apartment just praying and reading the word, fasting? How on fire would that prayer be, or how on fire would the Lord? I mean, we might actually feel like we're literally on fire during that time. And what the Lord could actually show us in visions and dreams. I mean, A.A. A. Allen seeing the Lord like you spoke about. A.A. A. Allen actually saying that he met with the Lord, or the Lord came and met with him in his prayer closet because he would spend numerous hours in there that's something that I eventually want to happen I want that to happen to me me too and the only way that that is going to be able to happen is, is that I don't rely on the world system anymore and I rely only on Jesus Christ that he will plant, you know, supply all my needs and I know this for sure is that if I were to go out and tell people about the Lord we don't serve a God that says you go out and do something for me and well I wish you the best because now I'm not taking care of any one of your needs because of it. But you know, so many times in our lives, that's what we actually think. We actually do think that. We're afraid to step out and say, okay, Lord, you know, are you going to be there with me? Or am I going to end up like everyone else I'm talking to? You know, 
So what if we end up homeless? So what if we end up in prison or jail or whatever? If the Lord's got us there for a specific reason, he's not going to let anything happen to us while we're there. I mean, yeah, we may go through some persecutions, but he's not going to allow somebody to, to rape you or anything like that. But he wants us in specific areas. And this is what I'm praying for now is that, Lord, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, lead me. But not only that he lead me, but that I'm obedient to go and actually do what he is calling me to do and go where he's calling me to go. You know, it's funny. There was one day um, last week I left work or I left work early because I wasn't feeling well. I was feeling like really sick. And I get home. And as I got home, this young woman walked across my apartment complex and she handed me a brochure to come to visit her church. And when we got to talking about the Lord and, and she was like really on fire about, you know, Jesus Christ and everything. So I knew it was real, you know, the fire that she had in her. And it was like, it didn't matter how, you know, deathly ill I was feeling at that moment. The fact that we were talking about Jesus Christ, all that went away during that moment. Every single, like, I didn't feel sick at all. It was like my spirit actually got lifted talking about Jesus Christ because it's like your spirit will it's like you you plug it into the wall charger or something like that you know we're plugging into Jesus when we talk about him so it's like he does recharge our spiritual battery the flesh may be feeling sick but your spirit is on fire at that moment it's like nothing else matters at that time we're talking about our Lord and our Savior and it was like I needed that in that moment mm -hmm. you know I, it wasn't a coincidence that I spoke to that girl as soon as I got home, you know? And so, I mean, it's just, it's really important that we understand that the Lord, he, he doesn't work in coincidences. Everything that happens to us is for a specific reason. We just got to open up our minds to see what the reason is. All right, Lord, why are you allowing this to happen? Why am I going through this? Why are you calling me to go over here? You know, what is the reason behind it? And eventually the Lord's going to say, you go here. Yes, Lord, I'm going here. You know, we want to hear that direct voice because we see some signs from the Lord right now. He'll give us signs. But what about having an actual direct, him speaking to us like he did the disciples when he was with them. Him speaking to us like he did Abraham. Him speaking to us like he did Moses. You know, I want that kind of, I'm actually hearing his voice in my ear and I'm not just getting little signs here and there. You know, that's what I actually want to have in my life. Verse 3, incline your ear and come unto me, hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God. And for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. So, you know, I mean, it may seem at times when we go out there and we talk to people that it's like, it's like pulling teeth to get people to listen to us about Jesus Christ and, you know, praying for people and everything like that. And that's probably going to continue to happen because, you know, there is a real curse over this city because it's got more strip joints than anything. And that's a curse. You know, that's a real curse. But when people see us, they see that we have Jesus Christ in us. They're going to want to come and say, hey, you got something in you that I know that's different than what I have in me, and I want to know what that is. 
So we're going to have people, if we don't already, we're going to have people coming up to us and saying, hey, you know, I know that you know Jesus Christ. Something told me you know Jesus Christ, and I need Jesus Christ in my life. Can I talk to you? Will you talk to me? You know? And so this is going to happen because we've got his light in us. Verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while ye while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, he, for he will abundantly pardon. So, I mean, this right here speaks volumes. Oh, my goodness, does it speak volumes. It's like, hey, man, while the Lord has given us an opportunity right now that we can know him and that we can have a relationship with him, we got to take those opportunities, you know, because the Lord says, I'm not going to let all this continue forever. So before he comes back, while we have him near to us, this is when we need to be obedient to him. Right hand, I mean, we always should be obedient to him, but if we're questioning anything in our lives for whatever it is, now is an opportunity. Say, all right, Lord, I know you're near. I feel your presence is near. I may not be doing everything in my life right now that I'm supposed to be doing, but I know that you are near to me. Show me. Because the further away we get, you know, it's just like the example with the mountain. The mountain never moves. We're the one that go back and forth to the mountain. So the closer we are to the mountain, the mountain gets bigger. The further away we get from the mountain, the mountain gets smaller. So if we start noticing that Jesus is not as big in our life as he used to be, all right, Lord, I know that you're still there, but I know that my fire is about this far from going out. I need, while you are near to me, before I go completely the opposite of the other direction, to change me, work in me, chastise me, do whatever you got to do. To show me that you are still, you know, that I'm not reprobate, you know. And if if we are questioning that, then obviously we're not. But we could be very close to it. We got to look at our lives. All right, I was starting to go this way. Now it seems like I'm veering off the path a little bit, or a lot of it sometimes. So we got to question. All right, Lord, bring me back. I can't afford to be going off track anymore. I can't afford to do that anymore. We got to change our ways, and we got to constantly say, All right, I'm not going to go back and do that anymore. And it may not even be big sins. You know, I haven't gone back to drinking or cigarettes in over four years, so it's not even that. Sometimes it can be the smallest thing that we think is nothing, and it, and it ends up taking our relationship from the Lord way over here. Iniquity. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all it takes is to think separate from God. You know, like if God tells us to do a thing and we do the opposite, it begins there. Before you even get to sin, sin is just missing the mark, but it's iniquity. It's just that will to go the other way aside from God, that very nature. Mm-hmm. It's not, and like we were just talking about the other day, Sarah and I went to go eat, and we were talking about babies, how, you know, like a baby can do something, you tell them to stop, and the baby will keep doing it and looking at you. That's iniquity. And then it's like you go to, you know, grab them and they hit you, and then the parent may say, no, that is not okay, and tap their hand. And then the baby will cry and still trying to hit back because that's, you know, see, babies are evil too. You get what I'm saying? It's like they may not, they may have an innocent way of showing it, but they definitely, you know, you can see the iniquity there. The fact that they can hit and still be Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, man, it's a very nature within us that the Lord wants to get rid of. 
You were saying a baby would like take a break and put it on its mother's Right. If a baby can hit back, it's true. If a baby can just hit back at you after you told them not to do something, that means if they had anything in their hand that they could really use, they would use it on you out of Mm -hmm. anger. You know, it's just it's crazy. It's interesting that that evil's there and it's like untrained because they don't know the difference between right and wrong, but Mm -hmm. that evil is still there to want to hurt because you're hurting them. And they don't know any difference, but... Yeah. All right, verse uh, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. And that is so true, and that's why we've got to have the Lord every day in our life. Verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So God's word is like the rain and the snow that comes down and waters the earth, and it feeds the earth, and it helps the earth to grow. That's what his word, that's what our relationship with him does for us. It helps us to grow spiritually. It'll help us to decline the world, and then... We come to him, and he says, okay, now I can give you newness of life. And these are the steps that we're going to take to get you there. Verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I will please, which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whither to I sent it. So the Lord is, he, he reigns, he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So if he sends that, I mean, his word goes out to everyone. It's up to us to actually to receive it. And obviously everyone that's here tonight, we have received it. But once we receive his word into our life, we've got to constantly feed on this word. We've got to constantly get into prayer. We've got to constantly stay up underneath the Lord because if we don't and we start to get comfortable and we start to get lax again, man, we're just going to sit back and, hmm, you know, get comfortable and everything. That's why he's allowing us to see what's going on in this world today because he does not want us to get carried away, to get complacent, and just, hey, when he says his wrath cometh upon the children of disobedient, he didn't say Christian or non-Christian. He said unto those that are disobedient. So if we're not being obedient children unto the Lord, well, then that's disobedience, right? So... It doesn't mean that we're not trying to get our lives right with the Lord, but eventually, like it's spoken of before, we've got to stop trying and just do. You know, the Lord calls us to go and do something. It's like, all right, I want you to go over here and trust. we got to trust in the Lord for everything. All right. Verse 12. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hill shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. That's interesting, too, because it says the trees shall clap their hands, so you know that it's not literal trees. You know, it's kind of like how we were talking about the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil that, you know, the tree of knowledge of good and evil wasn't a literal tree. Right. You know, I mean, it's just so funny how 
the, the Lord even compares us to trees. You know, it's just amazing that if you go to um, Ezekiel 31, it'll tell you that Satan was the, was the tree in the Garden of Eden. You know, he was known as a tree. Jesus, I believe, was the tree of life. It's just really mm -hmm. interesting how we get compared to trees. And I don't think he's talking about trees at all here. No, I think he's talking about angels. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, let's go to Matthew 7. No one has anything. Matthew 7 and verse 1. It wasn't oh, that story about the when he uh, healed the guy, uh, healed the man from blindness, and he put the dirt oh, and mud on his hand. He said the first time he wiped his eyes, he said it looked like trees were walking around. Mm -hmm. And then the next time, he said it was people. But it's yeah. like, how do he know what trees look like if he'd never seen before? So That's true. It's like he had to have seen into the spirit realm. Good point. Yeah. So where is that? That's in... Uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel thirty-one. Yeah, it'll explain about this tree wanting to be different. It's actually in that teaching. Um, they hid themselves among the trees. Yeah. It's in that teaching, but we went over like all that stuff with the. Um, we did that on a Sunday though. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And the one he talked about is that John or Acts or. Uh, I think it's in Luke. Oh, Luke. Which one? The one where Jesus. Uh, put I, the, think it's, I just read Luke. I, I think it was like Matthew 5 or something. Yeah. I think it was Matthew 5. Not Matthew 5, John 5. John. Yeah. I think it was John 5, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Matthew 7 and verse 1. Judge not that thou not be judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure of meat it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. So we know here this is talking about hypocritical judgment. So if someone's doing the same thing that we're doing, we can't tell them to actually stop doing it until we stop doing that sin. So if we see someone, though, that's living a life of smoking, alcoholism, drugs, fornication, uh, whatever it is, and we're not doing those things, then yes, we can go and correct them on it. And not doing it out of a prideful mind either. Doing it because we know that what their end is. But you got so many people today hypocriting around, and they're not doing any. They may actually not be doing these things. They may actually not be doing anything concerning that. But when they go and talk to people, they're doing it out of a, uh, you know, holier than thou kind of attitude to do so. It's got nothing to do with the person receiving salvation whatsoever. It's well, for, glorify themselves. Exactly. So everything that we do has got to be right. It's got to be just in front of the Lord. Everything that we say, nothing can be done out of hypocrisy. You got a lot, a lot of people trying to have that appearance of righteousness, going out and tell people, "Thou shalt not do this." And it's like, no, that's not why we're going out and doing this. We're going out because we know that if they don't stop doing those those things in their life, like many things that we went through and that I went through in my life, and I remember what it caused me to do and I remember how it was when I was that way that's why I want to stop help the person to stop doing that 
Not simply because all right, I want you to come to our ministry so our numbers will go up. No, that's not for that reason. It's that they be saved and they be healed. But at the same time, we also got to know what's going on in our own lives. Lord, am I right? Am I right before you? Is there anything in my life that may cause this brother to sin or may, or may cause this person to go off and do this? I pray that the words that I say to this person are not my own words and it's not coming out of a wrong spirit, but that they may be saved. Verse 6, Give not that which is holy unto dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you of whom is of whom his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? So when it's talking about here asking and seeking and knocking, that's getting into the real treasure and the real relationship of Jesus Christ. Is that if you what does it say here? Let's go back to uh Verse 7, ask and it shall be given unto you. Because in those times when we ask, we're not going to be asking for, Lord, I want a new car, or Lord, give me a big house, or Lord, you know, uh, give me all the money in the world. No, we're going to be asking for those things that are of God. And so because we're asking of what He wants us to ask, and we're making sure that our desires and our thoughts are one with the Lord, then of course he, He'll give it to us, because He knows we're not going to go out and do anything wrong or stupid with it. Seek and ye shall find. Well, what are we seeking after? Relationship with Jesus Christ. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Man, that's the door of salvation right there. If we knock unto that, it shall be opened unto you. The Lord's going to open that unto us. So that way we can continue to commune with him. And that he's going to, you know, like I was saying, he's going to actually speak to us. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. So the Lord's going to do these things for his children that are really, really wanting to have that relationship with him. All right, and it says, Or what man is there of you whom his son asks of bread shall give him a stone? So it's like if someone comes up to us and says, Hey, you know, you got five, you know, they're homeless or whatever. And you got five dollars or, you know, do you mind, you know. Wait, uh, like some some money from a game, like Monopoly money, you know. Yeah, exactly. Right. Or like, you know, <laughs> you, you know. Five dollars, you know. Yeah, it's like you know you have it on you, but you don't want to part from it. Or it's like you have your leftovers, and they're hungry, and you're like, man, can I have your leftovers? I mean, that takes a lot for them to just ask for the food. Here you go, take it. You know, it's like, no, this is mine. It's like you know you got food at home, and now you're trying to hoard your leftovers when you know that they need it. But in the process of giving it to them, you don't just give them the food. Say, hey man, can I talk to you about Jesus Christ? Can I pray for you? You know, it's communing with them because there is such a wall. When we go out there and we talk to the homeless people, you already see that that wall that you know of pride because they're already they're already used to so many people looking down on them. You know, they're people just like everyone else is. It's just that their situation is different, a little different than ours. But that doesn't mean that they're not people. It doesn't mean that they don't need Jesus Christ. You know. And so that's what it's supposed to be about. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ, when he was here on the earth, who was he among? 
outside of his 12 disciples, who was he amongst? You know, he wasn't sitting up in some palace somewhere kicking back or anything like that. He was down there with the, you know, the sinners. Because he said, those are the ones that need salvation. It's like, I'm not here for the righteous. The sick, they're the ones that need a doctor. So that's what he was here. He was here to turn people away from prostitution, from pimping, and, you know, from drugs and from all of that. That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to be out there amongst us, amongst the people that need salvation. All right, verse 12. Therefore, all things whatsoever would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter ye into that, enter ye at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth unto destruction, and many there be that go there in thereat. But straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. These verses, too, we really got to understand what this narrow gate is talking about. I mean, yes, we've talked about it numerous times, but we've got to understand that this narrow gate is an extremely narrow gate. And even in our own lives, we have to make sure that this is the direction that we're going. Because it's like, man, we can read the Bible all we want to. We can have praise. We can have worship. We can do all these things. But at the end of the day, do we know Jesus Christ in our life? Do we really know him? Are we trying to listen to his voice? Are we saying, Lord, search the deep places of my life where I don't know where sin is at, but you do, and I want you to take it away from me? Are we really seeking after these things, or do we just have that appearance? This really is a narrow gate because some people like praise and worship only because of how it makes them feel. You know, you'd be surprised. I mean, I know a lot of people say, no, because I just love the Lord. You know, in many ways, you find people that like the way that they feel. I feel good when I get to sing, when I get to praise. And it can have nothing to do with Jesus at all. I mean, I know that sounds crazy. Like, how can that be? But when Jesus said, many will profess me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Man, this is so true in so many ways. I mean, even when you look at, you know, people were trying to do things for Jesus or whatever. Jesus always wanted to deal with the heart. The purity of the heart. You know, that your heart be not like other people, but truly loving him and wanting him. I can sit up here and teach. Sarah can sit up here and teach or anybody. But like Martin said, it can be for you and not for the Lord. So it's like it really is a narrow gate. Like, where is your attention? Do you really want to help people make it? Or do you really want to help yourself? There's a, I mean, it's just, man, you know, the Lord really has to x-ray us inside out like the hey man this ain't right I can tell the motives here is because you wanted blah 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 you know and it's like we really do have to be scanned thoroughly I know some people would say man look at that woman in the front row and she's just like you know oh Jesus 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 but it's not even him it's for her you know because man I just love to unwind and just let loose and it makes me feel good You'd be surprised. That's all I'm saying. Everything, like she's talking about the appearance of evil tonight, everything is not just the way it looks. I mean, or the appearance of righteousness. Yeah. You would really be surprised. <laughs> no, you're right. Absolutely. Verse 15, Beware of false prophets which come unto you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? 
Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Now, we know what this fruit is. We've, we've read over in Galatians 5. And, you know, we've got the works of sin, and we've got the fruit, of, uh, the fruit of righteousness there. Or the good fruit. And so it's like, okay, if we've got these things in our lives, if we've got good fruit in our life, well, we're supposed to bear fruit. So if, we bear, if we're trying to bear fruit, if we've got that relationship with Jesus Christ and we are that intimate with him, where it's like, okay, I'm in you, but now this is what I want you to do, how sincere are we actually really wanting to bear that fruit? Or are we just wanting to have our peaceable lives and hope people come to salvation and hope they get saved? Or are we truly serious about bearing that fruit, making disciples for Jesus Christ? Is everyone going to be a disciple? No. But again, that doesn't matter. He says, I want you to bear fruit. So if we're talking to two or three people, even at our job or in our neighborhood or something like that, that's bearing fruit. Does it stop there? Absolutely not. we got to continue to go on because there's more fruit that needs to be bared, born. And so this is what he's talking about. we got to bear that fruit. Now, we're either going to bear good fruit or we're going to bear corrupt fruit. Those are the only two options that we're given here. It's going to be one or the other. But we better not be on the corrupt fruit side because we're going to read what happens when that happens. She's right, too, because when you bear fruit, a lot of people don't know bearing fruit, you experience pain. See, you got to have anguish and pain in order to bear fruit. Because some people will say, well, I've got the gift of... I hate to get into this, but oh, it's no, like... You could say, I've got the feeling of joy. I'll have the gift of joy or the fruit of joy that God has put in my life. But is it really the fruit of joy? What happens when sorrow comes your way? What happens when something rough comes into your life? Is that joy still bearing fruit? See, and the only way to bear the fruit of joy, Paul joyed in his infirmities. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, that's how you know, man, his joy is real. He's not joying because we're sitting around having a good time. He's joying because he's persecuted and he loves the brethren. That no matter what, he's giving to people. People are getting saved at his expense. Exactly. That's the true fruit of joy. It's not about how you feel, you know, being happy or, or feeling like that. The joy comes in suffering. You know, yes. and the Bible says that many times. Yeah. I'm I mean, because it, it, it really does it. feel like if you've got someone that you're talking to about the Lord, they do feel like your child at times. Because you're going to go through this back and forth stuff at times, like a teenager, you know, with, a, you know, parent has a teenager it's like no i want to do my own thing and it's like so it is back and forth because they're trying to understand how do i have a relationship it's like how do you have this relationship and how do i get to it so it does like you know burden you sometimes going through that because you're wanting them to come to the lord so badly and yet they're trying to they're they're it's like a tug of war with them you know because one minute they understand next minute they're over here one minute they're over here, next minute they're over here. So sometimes it's like playing tug of war with that situation until they fully grasp and say, okay, now I see the life that's supposed to be lived, and now I want to have that life as well. Mm-hmm. So he's right, you know. All right, uh, verse 18. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a, cor- a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore by their wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. So by our fruits, by our labors, that's how we're going to be known. Mm-hmm. So 
what are we doing in our lives that we can that people can see what we're doing for the Lord? Number one, it's never about us. It's never about what we got going on. It's never about the words that we say. And no matter how many times people try and give us credit for the things that we're doing, always, always, always give the glory to the Lord. Because mm -hmm. it's never the devil can actually work through that. Mm -hmm. I've had people tell me before, oh, well, you know, the changes that you made or the things that you've done or how you look now, glory to the Lord, always to the Lord. And they're like, why don't you take credit? Because I'm not the one that did anything. I made one decision when the Lord's been after me for how many years? The glory goes to the Lord. I just made one decision, and that was to trust in Him. But how many times did He speak to me through other people and save me through so many situations and had people praying for me and guided His hand on my car that I wouldn't drive off the highway somewhere drunk, and I made one decision? No, I'm not going to take credit for anything. That's all the Lord for what He's done for me. Mm -hmm. That's a good testimony. Glory to the Lord. <laughs> Verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So you know what? That speaks to each and every one of us. You know, it's doing the will of his Father which is in heaven. We can say, Lord, Lord, all the day long. Does that mean we're getting in? What does it say here? We've got to do the will of the Father. Many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So these people right here are saying that they know God. But inwardly they don't know God. Inwardly they are ravening wolves. And they're going to say unto him, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this? Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So this is people right here saying, I know God, I know Jesus Christ, and I'm doing all these wonderful works. And they don't really know him. All right, let's go, let's look at the Luke account on this. Let's go to Luke 6 and verse 39. It's the same with like people... This famous person or idolizing a famous person mm -hmm. like well, even God can be your idol in a way of you're not but of what he can bring you righteousness versus actually getting to know him putting mm -hmm. the work in to get to know him and mm -hmm. like people will care and want to you know uh, worship these people things whatever and they will educate themselves on it but that's not the same as having a relationship mm -hmm. with that person you know mm -hmm. it's it's totally different. <laughs> like it's true. You might know about them, but you don't know them. Know them, you know. Mm -hmm. You can tell their whole history, but you never, you know, they don't know you. <laughs> it's just like, it, I mean, a relationship, and we use this because it is a relationship with the Lord. But if you're in a relationship with somebody, mm -hmm. you don't just say, "I know that person" without actually like knowing them. Mm -hmm. And you know, I don't mean in a physical way, but you know who they were in the in the past because you you learn. The, the deepest, darkest secrets of that person when, you're in a, when you are in a relationship with them. And then you get married, and then you know them in an intimate way. And so when you know that person in an intimate way and you bear fruit, which is children, then it's like, well, you and that other person know each other because you spent time with one another. You're intimate with each other. You know, you got a family together. So it's like that's how it's supposed to be with us in Jesus Christ. 
you know we've got that kind of an intimate connection with the lord we know his ways and we know his thoughts it's just like the person that you're married to you could be at the grocery store you could just be sitting across the room you know i'm pretty sure you and laura do this and you, you just look at each other and you know what the other person's thinking so it's you know like there's something wrong with them, even though they say they're fine. Like, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you've got to know them so well that it's like their demeanor and their attitude and everything they give off says their body language says mm-hmm. what they're going through, mm-hmm. and that's how if we get that closeness to the Lord, mm-hmm. you could be saying there. All right, all right, Lord, what are we doing today? What's going on? He going you know speak to you, and that's how it's supposed. Or you see person, and he, he instantly says this is what this person's going through. That's how close we are supposed to be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. All right. Luke 6 and verse 39. And he spake this parable unto them. Can, I blind, can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? The disciple is not above his master. But everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. So the blind leading the blind here is is that how can we lead somebody when we're not even having that relationship with the Lord ourselves? That's true. I mean, how can we tell someone about an experience that we don't actually have ourselves? Like you can only tell people what you know, what you experience. Mm -hmm. So this blind here leading the blind, that's a lot of false churches and a lot of false religions that are going out, out today because that's exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You've got blind pastors leading a blind congregation in, right into hell. So, no, the blind cannot lead the blind. If we know the Lord Jesus Christ and we can tell people and that that blindness either spiritually or physically will come off of that person, you know, mm-hmm. Verse 41. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceiveth not the beam that is in thine own eye? Either how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, cast out first the beam that out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. Here we go with the fruit again. Verse 43. For a good tree bringeth forth not corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bringeth forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. By his own fruit. So in the other chapter, Matthew says, by his fruit. Now it's saying by his own fruit. So what is it saying here? Salvation, having that relationship with the Lord, is individual. And we got to know that we have it within ourselves. Um, Alright, continuing in 44. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. So if we have got the peaceable treasure of the Holy Ghost living inside of us, and we know that we have that relationship with the Lord, what's going to outflow out of us? His Word. We're going to talk to Him about the relationship that we have with Him. That's really all we're ever going to be concerned with is what the Lord wants. Mm -hmm. But 
on the opposite side of that is that if there is truly evil that's inside of us that's what we're gonna come that's what's gonna come forth like when I tell people of my past when I moved out on my own and I stopped going to church and I started wanting to living like you know other people and what they did and started doing what they did truly what it was happening is what was really inside of me started manifesting itself so there was evil already inside of me because I did not have Jesus Christ in me at that time so what was inside of me started to come forth so I started looking at other people and their situations and I wanted oh I've lived like a square my whole life I don't want to live that way anymore and I want to have fun and party and everything that was already in me it was just coming out so what's really inside of us eventually is going to make its way out we can only hide our true nature for so long and then the truth of who we really are will it will come out that's right because under pressure anything under pressure is going to bring out what's inside we can all sit here like Sarah's saying and just be godly you know but all it takes is and you know we've been tested with this like remember um, you know there were others like uh, what's his name the older guy Alan oh yeah, yeah you know and others like they would come you remember at the other place the older guy but he would come and just tempt and tempt and tempt and you know say things and I remember I used to get real frustrated to the point where I couldn't even teach but see, that was the Lord letting me know that's what's still in you. Mm -hmm. You see how if everything doesn't go nice and you don't get challenged and everything is smooth, you'll be smooth. But when, you know, the pressure was put to me, there were parts of me that came out that became very contentious. And that's why, you know, as time went on, when people began to do that later on, it was like it just didn't get to me because the Lord was showing me, you got to deal with that. You know, regardless of what's going on here, if you can be affected to the point of being challenged and, and jump forward, there's something still in you that's not right. So God will allow that pressure to be applied to get what's in you out of you. Mm -hmm. That is just a fact. That's yeah. true. Absolutely. But just like the fact of the fruit thing, you know, it's like you're you're seeing yourself like you know producing this bad fruit again. So it's like you're you're looking, it's like yeah, you know, this guy drinking. Yeah. So you you, you know, first to hang out people that you know go go drinking a lot. So you're just kind of like going along with them but then you're starting to produce your own fruit saying hey let's go drinking tonight or let's go do this tonight you know mm -hmm. so and you're bearing the, the wrong type of fruit yeah. yeah I mean there are even people that mask that under you know the Christian religion is that they'll have a Bible on Sunday and Wednesday but the other days of the week or on the weekend they're living like everyone else is so that's giving people a false idea that I can be a Christian and still live like the world that's corrupt fruit because you're leading people down a road that's a lie and that will lead them to, not only will it lead us to hell if we live that way but you're leaving, that's bringing forth corrupt fruit because you're telling people you can be saved and still live like the world that's not true that's not scripturally based you know and so that's bringing forth that corrupt fruit mm -hmm. verse 46 and why, uh, and why call ye me Lord Lord and do not the things which I say Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will shew them. I will shew you. I will shew you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep, and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the floods arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon the rock. So this, he's saying here, he's like, I'm going to show you what this man is like that does my will. He's like, his house, or the temple of God, 
and his foundation is on that rock, which is the rock of Jesus. That whenever the world and whatever Satan has going on and plans and schemes throughout the day, none of that shakes his faith, or none of that should shake our faith, because we are the temple of the Lord. Verse 49. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was very great so if our foundation is not jesus christ whatever satan has planned whatever the world's got going on we will fall under pressure like you were saying under pressure that's when the truth is going to come out mm -hmm. all right let's go to james 2 and verse 1 Scripture about um, how Jesus said, "I'm not," you know, told Peter, "and on this rock I'll build my church." Like it definitely wasn't meaning about it. I'll build my church on an apostle that's a sinner. I'll build my church on me, myself, yeah. on Jesus. You want your your, <laughs> I am your rock. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like upon that faith, right? Upon that knowing that he was the Christ. Yeah. Yeah, because just a few scriptures later, he had to rebuke Satan out of him. That's <laughs> in the same chapter. Yeah, Satan. All right, James two and verse one. My brethren, hath not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to persons? For if there come unto you, your assembly, a man with a gold ring. In goodly apparel, and there come into into also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect for to him that weareth the gay clothing, and the same unto him, and the, and say unto him, Sit he, thou here in a good place, and say unto the poor, Stand ye there, or sit under my footstool. Are you not them then partial in yourselves? And are become judges of evil thoughts. Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? So the gospel is no respecter of persons. Jesus Christ is no respecter of persons. But at the same time, see, we got someone coming in, and man, they're just dressed to the nines, looking all holy, and they got their Bible in their hand, and they just look wonderful and you say man that must be a man of god and then you got come with someone in someone coming in man this smells like they haven't had a bath in three years and they just look terrible that they, they're everything is just wrong and they say man why would why would i want to talk to them i can't even stand to be around them they stink and everything else what's she saying here what were the disciples unlearned men i'm pretty sure they didn't smell the greatest they were out fishing all the time but you know what? These are the men that God chose to go out and to teach. And he put his Holy Ghost and his fire within them. Mm -hmm. You know, there was only one educated disciple out of all of them. And he said, I counted all as dung. So what is that telling us? Just because someone looks like they should be righteous, don't go according to what someone looks on the outside. We know this from going out and talking to people. You know, if someone looks homeless, guarantee you they're going to be going after the scriptures and eating it up than someone that looks like they should, 
you know, have that appearance of love in the Lord. You know, that's and that's, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, no, go ahead, finish with your. Oh, I was just going to say, that's why we can't judge people according to that appearance. Not only that, but it's like someone comes in, you know, let's say you got someone going in, they're tired of living that life, they're tired of being a prostitute, or they're tired of just being beaten up by the world, and they say, you know what, this is not where it's at. Where is usually the first place that they run? Church building. Mm-hmm. Saying, man, the Lord has got to be in here. Most of the time, those people get the you know the left hand of righteousness right out the door, the left boot of whatever yeah, right out. Of disfellowship. Yeah, that too. <laughs> disfellowship. <laughs> the left foot of disfellowship right out the door, and what happens? They go right back into the life that they're living. Usually, it even gets worse because they said, "I wanted to come out of this life, and I went to a church thinking that was where it was at," which is the biggest mis- or deception today. It's saying that everything that's got a cross on the top of it has got to have the Holy Ghost inside of it. Most of the time, it's not even there. And I'm not saying all churches are bad today. There are still some really on-fire churches for the Lord today. But we got to understand that a church is not a building. We are the temple of the Lord. So the church is within us. So the Lord can come inside of us and live inside of us. So that way, when we go out and we talk to people and say, Hey, man... Let me talk to you about Jesus Christ. No matter how they look, that does not matter what kind of clothes they have on or the lack thereof. It's about getting these people out of the lives that they are living. When we see women walking down the street that my you know, dishcloth has got more clothing on than they do, that we should anguish over that. We should really anguish over the fact that they've gotten so lowly in their life that they think that that is normal. It should really bother us on the mm-hmm. inside to see someone walking down the street like that. Mm-hmm. Normal in high school. Uh, yeah, because I was actually going to say that I'm kind of glad when we go out there and we do talk to them, the homeless people and stuff, because at one point I remember I had that mindset that I could give a homeless person money or food, but it was like giving it to them, like feeding an alligator, you know, kind of like, here you go, <laughs> you know, whatever, and you would look at them, but... You know, now it's like we give them hugs and, you know, I mean, they're like, you don't care about the smell. Their hands can be real dirty, but it's just, you know, hey, it's good to see you because you do recognize that the filth is what's within, you know. And, and if you spend enough time around it, those things will go away. They really do. You don't care about the outward yeah. appearance anymore. But at one point, you know, when, I, when we first went out there, it was kind of like, you know, yeah. You know, but you want to make sure you don't touch them. And it's like, that's not a God. You may no. as well keep what you have. But when you love people, man, now it's like we give them hugs and everything because they're no different than you. We're about a few paychecks away from joining them in the street. Exactly. So how can we be more than they are? That's crazy. It's just like that one lady we spoke to uh, about a month ago, I think now, Lana. 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 Yeah. And you know, it was just, it was really uplifting to talk to her. I mean, she, she was in a bad situation and everything. And, man, she wanted to talk about the Lord for most of the majority of the time that we were out there. And she was giving us hugs and we were praying for her and she was crying and everything like that. And most people would have been embarrassed by that situation. But, no, like when you see the actual anguish of people, it's like you want to cry with them. You know, and it's just like it was so... Her testimony was just so awesome. You know, she didn't blaspheme the Lord. She taught us that day what faith really is. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we 
we love the Lord. Some of us may stand up for the Lord as far as the word is concerned and everything else. But she taught us that day with her child being at the bus stop, her son um, all winter long, you know, under a shelter. And I mean, rain is pouring. She said, we're soaking wet. She said, praise Jesus that, you know, we didn't get pneumonia. We made it through the winter and somehow he fed us every day. And I'm like, you know, now I had to ask myself, if I were in that situation, would I still reverence the Lord the same way? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I would. I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm talking about somebody that's been through it, that's telling me her testimony and has nothing bad to say about Jesus. Amen. She taught us what faith was. Now, had I been through that, then I would say, well, yes or no. But she right. went through it. I mean, these y'all know that Portland winters can be brutally hard when it comes to that rain mm -hmm. and she never cursed the lord she praised him like he was saying that she didn't get pneumonia she ain't mm -hmm. gotta trust him no matter what yeah she ain't got a pot to piss in lord forgive me for using that word but she has nothing to her name and loves the lord man yes i mean it was just it was so awesome so all right verse five hearken my beloved brethren hath not god chosen the poor of this world rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom of the faith, which he hath promised to them that love him. But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which thou ye are called? So let's check these two verses out right here, because this is really interesting with, this, with what's being said right here. Let's look at verse 6 again. But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats. So what, what are we trying to be here? Are we trying to be like the people that are oppressing us? Are we trying to be like the rich rulers that look down on us? What's there in trying to be that? You know? So this saying, no, no, no. You don't need to be like these people that are trying to look down on you. And don't look down on the poor with that high and mighty look. And then it says... Do they not? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? So these men are blaspheming God, and this is what we want to be like. It's saying, no, no, no. You don't be like them. You don't be like the people that are trying to blaspheme God. And that's what it's, that's what's going on in our society today. Mm -hmm. You got people out there trying to live like the rich, trying to live like the people that actually own the government. And these are the people that are blaspheming God. Why are we trying to live like those people? And hate you. And yeah, in the same time. <laughs> exactly. So why why would we want to try and live like that? We should live like exactly the way Jesus Christ wants us to live. We should live like Jesus Christ. It says in First John, one of my favorite verses, First John two and six, walk even as he walked. Jesus Christ did not come down here for himself. He did not come down here to have rich raiment on. He did not come down here to look like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He didn't come down here for any of that. He came down here to do the will of his Father, and which was to go out to these people and to tell them of Jesus Christ. And this is something that we have to have really within ourselves. Verse 8, If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons ye commit sin and are convinced of the, are convicted convinced. convinced of the laws of the law of transgressions 
transgressors. So, if we're wanting to talk to people about Jesus Christ, we cannot have any respect of persons in our heart whatsoever. We cannot have any favoritism. We cannot go out and say, well, I'm only going to talk to people like this, that look like this, because these people over here look like they might pull a knife on me. You know, we cannot have that within our... So what if they pull a knife on you? You know, just the, the same Henry Gruber that you were just talking about had knives pulled on him, chains, whatever, you know, in his lifetime. So that does not matter. Even if they have... He would have talked to gangs. You know, David Wilkerson went out and his first night in New York was talking to gang members. So it's like, so what? You can't really be concerned for your own life. Exactly. That's why when he said there is no fear in love, perfect love casts out fear. There's no fear in love. I mean, because if we have, if we're more worried about ourselves, we'll never serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, there'll always be something between you and God where you'll say, I'm not going to risk it. You know, I can't risk it. But if you really are sold out for Christ, what difference does it make? Amen. You know, that's something to think about. That's real love. So when you see Henry Groover walking around, oh, hallelujah, you know, and just showing such joy, he really does have the fruit of joy because, you know, everything is not great that he went through. The man went through hell and back, and he's still talking about, oh, hallelujah. I mean, that that gift is real. It's not just Henry Groover just speaking in terms of good. It's even in times of bed. Exactly. All right. Um, verse 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend it, offend in one point is guilty of the law. Guilty of all. Of guilty of all. That's talking about the Mosaic law. So if people want to try and live by the Mosaic law, hey, I wish you the best. Because that's not, that's not what it's about. It's about the law of the spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you might want to get a barn and some stables too. Verse 11. For he that said, do not commit adultery, um, also said, do not kill. Now, if thou wilt commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the whole law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy, that hath shewed no mercy, and mercy joyeth, rejoiceth against judgment. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister be naked and, dis- and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding Ye give them not those things which thou which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? So if we're out there talking to people. I heard this one example. A lady was out on a pier in, in Jersey City, or no, Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. She was out on the bo- boardwalk. She was homely, and it, she was searching through trash cans. And she said, I just remember this. This one lady walked up it to me. She gave me the 12-step tra- track of salvation and left and went her way. She's like, what was I supposed to do? Eat the piece of paper? <laughs> she's like, no. And she's not homeless anymore. But she was given the example of, if you know that people are in need, if we know that people are in need, and we're just going out there and say, peace, amen, my brother, and you're not supplying or helping their needs, why are they going to listen? You know, what's the point of them listening? They have needs that need to be met. They have needs that need to be taken care of. 
So it's like, it's more than, yes, it's not just only meeting the physical need. Yes, it is the spiritual need. But most of the time, people are going to listen when they got food in their stomach or if they got a blanket around their back or something like that. If we have to give, then yes, we give it. If you have it. Yeah, can. if we have it, we give it. It's like Peter, he said, money I don't have, but I'll pray for you and for you, and the guy gets healed. Mm -hmm. So if we have that spiritually too, give that. Exactly, know? absolutely. You know, but it's saying here, if, if we do have it, yes, then we give it. Yeah. Verse 17, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man say may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Shew me thy faith without thy works, and I will shew you thy faith by my works. And what is it saying here? We do not get works unto salvation. But again, it's just going back about the fruit, bearing that fruit. So if we have faith in Jesus Christ, we are going to want to do his will in our lives. And that is work. That does take work. It takes work that we stay right with the Lord. And it takes work that we know that the Lord's will is in our life. And we're going to go out and we're going to do his will. Verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devil also believes. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by his works when he had offered up Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest how, seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. So we know the story with Abraham and Isaac. The Lord gave him a son thirteen years after Ishmael was born. And with that son of the promise, what did he do? The Lord said, Take him up and sacrifice him. He didn't say, Well, Lord, come on. I haven't had, I'm like a hundred and something years old. And now all of a sudden you want me to sacrifice my son, my flesh and blood. You know, he could have gone off, but he didn't. Why? Because the Lord was faithful unto his promise. And so Abraham was going to be faithful back to the Lord for that promise that he gave him. It's like he was faithful to God first and foremost, no matter what. Mm -hmm. You know, it was almost like his own son didn't matter to him. It was like, what does God want? That's like the biggest thing, you know, and we got to get to that mindset too. I'm faithful to you, Lord. I wouldn't have Isaac if it wasn't for you. I wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for you. So he knew that he was talking to God, but how many of us can say we love the Lord that way, that he is first and foremost, no matter what he may ask or choose that we might do. Amen. Yeah. All right, verse 22. Seest how, seest thou faith wrought wrought with works and by works was faith made perfect and the scriptures was fulfilled which saith abraham believed god and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of god so because abraham was faithful unto god and did what he said he is called a friend of god i mean come on that's what i want in my life i want god to call me a friend i want to be so faithful unto him that i am his friend you know, I know that today we use the, the word friend in the world is used very lightly. Someone may call somebody a friend just because they've known them for two seconds. But it's more than that. When you're a friend to somebody, you know that person. A friend is someone that you can trust. A friend is someone that you know no matter what you go through, they'll be there for you. I just thought Sam was sure, but you know, he is his favorite though. <laughs> Jesus loves you, but I'm still his favorite. <laughs> but I'm his favorite. <laughs> 
passing them out to. <laughs> that's good. No, that's, that's what does it say? It says Jesus loves you, but I'm his. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but you were saying that there's not like any true friend. That's like such a good point. Me and Caroline were kind of talking about that in the car. Yeah, but it's yeah. I mean, because it's like if you. It, if we are a friend of someone or if we want to be a friend of Jesus Christ, which is the highest friendship we'll ever have, ever. Mm-hmm. And so, again, back to that relationship with him is that if we are his friend or if we are his bride, it's not only us knowing him but him knowing us, then it, he's going he's gonna to be able to trust us with whatever he gives us. Like, Look, you mean like the friend, the word friend is used loosely. Mm-hmm. Like people just say friends. They don't know like difference between that acquaintances right. and this and that. It's just like, well, this person is my friend and you just met them. Where friend is really a much deeper thing than actually just saying that this person is my friend. Yeah. yeah. Like you can take years to become somebody's friend. You know, like your best friend from high school is someone that you knew for several years before they be, you know, you guys went through so much together before you became best friends. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's what it really takes to actually be a friend. And to be a friend of God is the same way. You know, he has to be able to trust us with whatever he gives us. He knows that we're not going to abuse it. We're not going to misuse it. We're not going to do it for any selfless reasons. If he gives us a husband or a wife or children, he knows that we're going to give that those individuals right back to him mm-hmm. for his use in this life. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Verse 24. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without so faith without works is also dead. All right, so let's go to Proverbs fifteen and one. Yeah, that's kind of getting to me right now. Uh, like a lot. Of, I have over I think a thousand. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's forgetting to me. It's like I'm part of a lot of groups and a lot of like uh, messenger groups and like Marco Polo groups. And, and it's like, but out of all these relationships, who's truly my friend? It's the person like, I spend time with. It's like I don't spend time with most people. So I've been kind of going backwards and unfriending people that, you know, not even deliberately, but mentally, like unfriending those people that are not wanting a true relationship. Because true relationship, even with Jesus, means spending time with Him. If you're my friend, then you want to spend time with me. Mm-hmm. I want to spend time with you. So it's kind of a reality that's been hitting me hard too. Even in ministry, it's like. Yeah, I mean, it's like, from what I'm learning is, is that my true friends are those that believe in Jesus Christ uh-huh. and are willing to go the same direction that I'm going in the Lord. Because anyone outside of that can be an unstable person, and it's like you don't know what they're going to do. Because their walk is kind of like, yeah, well, maybe, I don't know, I'm kind of like, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, if, if a person is like that, it's like, how, how can you trust that they're going to be your friend and they're going to have your back <laughs> when persecution and all that <laughs> stuff yeah. starts to come? Go you down know, the line. it's like you may 
have friends at work, so-called friends or whatever, but let's say that they come in one day and say, well, we want you guys just to sign a piece of paper that say that, you know, uh, the homosexual agenda is okay and everything like that. Now, I know within myself I wouldn't sign that paper. But what if that, in doing so, they start going around work and asking people about me as to, well, what kind of person is she really? And that person that may say that they're your friend before, yesterday, now may be like, oh, well, I got a car payment. And I got rent, and I got this, and I got that. All the, They were on board with you right up until then. And they may not inherently want to do it, because, but because they're still attached to this life, that friendship's out the window. That's done. It's over with. No more friendship. Because now you know what their heart's truly about, and they're still here in that life. They supported you right up until their life got affected by it. That's why we're not supposed to do things for people anyway, because people are funny. People change up on you. One minute you're a friend, and the next minute they got a problem with you. And we got to understand, mm -hmm. it's only about Christ. I know the same people that will cheer you today will hate you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But this is not about for people. This is about for the Lord. So I think when we get caught up in feelings of all these other things, that deters your mind from where it should be. Now, I do believe that brothers walk together that love the Lord, but they also make Jesus Christ a central focus, you know. But when it comes into all that personal stuff at times, when it's not uh, based on Christ, you're going to find a lot of that. You know, a lot of things of they're acting funny, this is going on, that's happening. But really, it's supposed to be about Jesus. What they yep. think of you, even the so-called friend, doesn't matter. Yep. It's about what Jesus Christ thinks and what he's calling you to do. That's right. So, yeah. All right, Proverbs 15 and verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. So, it's like, when it talks about a soft answer, it doesn't mean like an effeminate man or anything like that. You know, you can have authority and not yell and scream at people. You know, or you can talk to people all about the Lord and, and not go crazy over it. So it's not talking about having any, any kind of like, you know, effeminate, homosexual, any of that. It's not what it's talking about. And when it says, the tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of the fool poureth out foolishness. So it's like, if we have that righteousness in us, the Lord's righteousness in us, that's what we're going to be talking about. But if not... And you got fools on the other hand. All they're going to talk about is foolish nonsense all the day long. And I know we know people like that, that all they talk about is yippity-yap this and yippity-yap that. And it just kind of like puts a burden on your mind because you don't want to be about that. You know, we want to be about our Father's business. And it says here that the eyes of the Lord are on, on the evil and the good. So he sees everything that we do. So again, going back to the title of having the appearance of righteousness, the Lord sees every single thing that we do, every single thing that I do. You know, like I was talking about, I can get up here and I can teach a Bible study tonight, go home and watch some TV. But no, that's not what we do. But the Lord sees every single thing that goes on in our lives and how true we really are to Him. Another thing, too, we were kind of talking about this out on the water, but it's like looking at that, that sentence right there, and thinking about how certain people can be close to God, you know, and like, oh, that person is this because they're so close to God. 
but realistically, we're all close to God. He's there all the time. He's watching what we're doing, you know, but we get the opportunity to actually, like, be with him and, like, learn him and, like, but not to be, like, prideful or anything like that, like, staying humble and, like, teaching people, like, any way that you can, you know, but just understanding that he's always there. So, like, every single thing that you do, you know, he's right there. We're all close to God. Well, every idle word that we say will be brought into judgment before yeah. God. So it's like everything that we say, everything that we do, we're going to be held accountable for it when we stand before Him. You know, it's our life will be that record against us. We're not going to be able to lie at that point. It's going to be right there on the big screen. So it's like everything that we think, everything that we tell people, it's all got to be to that salvation. It's all got to be for that righteousness before the Lord. And so people like trying to push Satan's agenda, like trying to be like, oh, we don't want God here. Like he's, his eyes are there. So he's there. Mm-hmm. Verse 4. A wholesome tongue is the tree of life, but perversion, but, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. A fool despises his father's instructions, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent. In the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenue of the wicked is trouble. When it's talking about that much treasure, it's not talking about physical treasure. It's talking about spiritual treasure. In the house of the righteous, you know, we're going to have the Lord. We're going to have his Holy Ghost. We're going to want to do his will. That's what that treasure. We're going to have the, the joy and the peace, you know, in our lives to go out and do that. Verse 7, the lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish uh, doeth not so. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he that loveth him, but he, but he loveth him that follow after righteousness. So the way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord. So if someone's wicked all the time, that's all they're thinking about doing is wicked stuff, you know. Uh, going to the strip club or going over here and doing this or you know just crazy stuff that that's what they're going to be doing and it's abomination but the prayers of the upright is it his delight oh, i'm sorry but he loveth him that follow after righteousness so if we're not doing those things and we're following after the lord we're following after his righteousness those are that he loves but it's not even like big you know we think when we hear wickedness we think that, oh, man, it's just these people doing every crazy stuff. Well, I was talking about earlier, transgression. Anything that takes our heart away from the Lord is transgression and it's wickedness. And that's an abomination unto the Lord. So if we're going this way and the Lord's telling us to go over here, that's sin. You could even be saying the right things and the wrong um, with the wrong motives. Yes. With the wrong heart, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, like people have learned to be passive-aggressive in this life. And, you know, some people may not pick up on it, but God knows the intent of the heart of why we say and do the things we do. God is well aware of those things. I think that's one of the biggest things that we're going to have to break through as people is witchcraft. Yeah. Because, you know, in many ways outside of the Lord, we could be very deceptive. We could be very manipulative. And, you know, it's those things that God has to pull us out from the root that we might be pure. Amen. All right, verse 10, Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way, and he that hateth reproof shall die. Hell and destruction are before the Lord. How much more then 
the hearts of the children of men. A scorner loveth not one that reproveth him, neither will he go unto the wise. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but sorrow of the heart, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. So man, I mean it's just if we're not really wanting to live after the Lord, this is what's happening. This is what's going on in people's lives. People don't want correction. People don't want you to tell them about Jesus Christ. People just want to live their lives and I'm happy and I'm fine and I'm great. Man, I'm gay and I'm proud and everything. But you see the the brokenness behind the, the facade mask mm -hmm. that they wear every single day. You see that and it's like it burns within us. It's like, man, come on. I know what's really going on on the inside of you. I know that you're hurting. I know that you're not happy. I know that you want to come free from that life. Let's do this. Why continue to stay down a path that all it's going to lead you is into more brokenness, is into more destruction, the, the end thereof is hell and the lake of fire. Why go that direction when you can have a peaceable life with the Lord, you know? All right, <clears throat> verse uh, 14. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of the fools feedeth on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a contentful feast. Continual feast. Man, that continual feast, that is the bread of life. Yes, that is Jesus Christ. That is his living word, and it's a continuous feast all the time. You just can't get enough of it. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble um, therewith. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox in hatred therewith. A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. So a wrathful man stirreth up strife. This is people that go around and they spread rumors all the time and they talk about gossip and they say, oh, did you hear about so-and-so over here? Or did you hear about this over here? It's like, man, you could be at work praising the Lord and so, yeah, let's go Jesus and everything like that and you're worshiping and praying. All of a sudden, someone come up to you, well, did you hear about what so-and-so did over here? Or did you hear about this? And you're just like, oh my goodness, I don't want to hear about this because you got, you know, you're just so content with the Lord. That's what it's talking about here. A wrathful man bringeth up strife. You know, that's all he does all day. Talk about so-and-so here and there. And it's like, and if we're not careful, because I know that this has happened to me and I've had to repent of it, the more that that happens, before you know it, our flesh starts getting pulled in. Mm -hmm. The Lord's saying, no, 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 I don't want you going over here because we're praising over here. You know, we got people to pray for and we got this. Before you know it, the flesh says, oh, come on, just for a couple of minutes. Don't look like a Debbie Downer. Just do this, whatever. Before you know it, you're like, Lord, forgive me. You know, I should have obeyed and I shouldn't have not gotten into that conversation. But this is what that wrathful man does. He's constantly trying to bring us out of the spirit back into the flesh. All right, um, verse 19. The way of the slothful man is as a hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. A wise son maketh, glad, maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom, but a man of understanding walketh upright. So folly is joy to a man that des that is destitute of wisdom. So if a man, if you, if, if people are walking around without the wisdom of God, 
Their joy is whatever's in this world. And they're not seeking after the Lord. Their joy is, you know, being whoremongers. Or their joy is going to the bars or going to the strip clubs or doing all this other worldly stuff. And it's you, they have that appearance of being a child for the rest of their life. It's like they get arrested in development at a certain age and they never actually grow up. But it's like you see someone who's steadfast in the Lord and you can tell because they have got that just matureness in the Lord. They don't look like a child, you know, sucking their thumb. They look like someone on fire ready to get out there and tell people the only one that can save them. Verse 22. Without counsel, um, without counsel purposes are without counsel, counsel purposes are disappointed but in the multitude of counselors they are established a man hath joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season how good is it the way of life is above the wise that he may depart from hell beneath the lord will destroy the house of the proud that he will establish the borders of the widow Okay, so that's what I really wanted to read with that. So from there, let's go to Titus 1 and verse 10. Titus 1 and verse 10. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who sub, subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not, for filthy lucre's sake. So the circumcision was talking about being circumcised under the law. And they went back and forth on it, uh, saying that a man that is of God must be circumcised. But we know it's not actual the physical, it's the spiritual circumcision now, getting away of the heart, yes, getting that off of us. So these people were still trying to keep people underneath the law. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true, wherefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith not giving heed to Jewish fables and the commandments of men that turn from the truth so he's saying rebuke these people that they may be in the faith why because if they're not giving the commandments of Jesus Christ which is love the Lord their God with all their heart soul and mind and love thy neighbor as they self then there is doing for the commandments of men. It's under traditions. So if it's not of God and it's of men, then that can be we can be led astray with that. It's got to be sound in what the scripture says. Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, 
but in worse they deny him being abominable and disobedient unto every good work reprobate so these people are saying that they know God but on the inside what is it they're reprobate they have no knowledge of the truth they don't plan on doing anything for the Lord they're just going around boasting saying that they know him but inside what's it saying right here that they are that they deny him in every good work they are reprobate all right so we're going to go to one more place and then we're going to close out let's go to Matthew 5 and 1 People that say that they're believers, yes. Claim, Claim that they're believers, yes. Having the appearance of righteousness. All right. Actually, let's go to Matthew 5 and 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost its savor, wherefore shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but cast out, and to be trodden under the foot of men. So if we have the preservation of Jesus Christ in us, then we are going to tell people about him again. I cannot stress that enough, even in my own life. But if that savor starts to go away, then what good is it? So we've got to continuously keep that hunger and thirst and desire for the Lord within us. Ye are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in his house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So if we truly are, have the righteousness of Jesus Christ in us, this is what's going to happen. I wanted to end tonight's Bible study with this. If we have the light of God in us, it is going to shoot out to the world. So we're not just having that appearance of righteousness on the outward side, but on the inward man, the new man, that light's going to shine within us. So that's what I have for tonight. Matthew 18.
same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily, I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So starting off, us having this true childlike faith, and what does a child come into the world with, right? Just like instincts, but the people that are above them, like their parents or whatever, the most trusted person, they're listening to you. They're trusting you. Everything that you say to them, that's the truth, you know? And that's how we look at this word. Every single word, every single letter on here is the truth. So whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So... He asked us to humble ourselves, right? And it's interesting because I was just literally in my seat getting to this point of, okay, I'm feeling this, you know, like what, what the Lord is saying right now. I'm so aligned. And then seriously, the second you start feeling that, you still, you know, it's an exciting feeling, but still at the same time, you have to stay humble in it, you know, and the second, like, I'm just like, okay, I got this, I got this, you know, and then I let my mind go a little bit ahead of the spirit. It's almost like the spirit just backs off, you know, or I just run out of it. But, um, well, I should say I run kind of away from where the spirit is trying to go. So whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck, that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world because of it because of offenses. For it must for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offenses cometh. Wherefore if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. So this is a new man's appetite for sin. He would rather cut off his arm, throw it from thee, than conform to what the, what the devil wants him to do. And obviously, if the devil is bold enough to tempt Jesus, he's going to tempt you, right? So another thing I had just actually saw was someone who has literally four fingers play a masterpiece on a piano. Like he literally composed his own, his own song and played it with four fingers, like three on one hand and then like one on another. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, like, what is my excuse for not doing what I can for God to the fullness? If someone that only has three fingers can figure out his gift, four fingers, you know, can figure out his gift, what's what's my excuse, you know? Like, I just need to stay passionate and filled up and walk this thing out. But he had to have faith, right, to be able to do something like that. If he didn't have a strong faith, he would not have been able to do anything like that. And I can't help but think that God has to be a part of that. And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. 
take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come, save that which was lost. So, how think ye if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety-nine and goeth into the mountain and seek that which is gone astray? And if so, be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety-nine, of the ninety and nine which went not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. So I love that too. So when I talked about it earlier about me sometimes potentially jumping ahead of like what the Spirit is doing, of course he still cares for us. Of course we still you know are loved by him like he he's god you know he's gonna leave whatever he has to come and get us and bring us back but the thing is it's still a blessing to walk inside of it like using our free will to actually not walk away but resisting that temptation and staying aligned and is it awesome that he rejoice he rejoices more to come and get you and you come back but still walking this thing out in a fullness it feels good too to just be pleasing to the lord all the time right all right so moreover if thy brother shall trespass against thee go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone if he shall hear thee thou hast gained thy brother but if he will not hear thee then take with thee one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may step may be established all right, so, and if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to, unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man, a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on this earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So me and Sam were talking a little bit about just talking to brothers, you know, like brothers in Christ and just being able to be 100% you know, open with each other, regardless of what your, what your feelings are telling you, you know, because there's times where, you know, the, the word says iron sharpens iron, right? And in that sense, if we're constantly just thinking about what our brother is going to think, even though we have the truth to feed him, you know, then that's going to keep us away from really what God is wanting us to do, right? Because we're considered about those feelings. But if you're walking in that obedience and staying submitted, you don't necessarily always know what God is going to do, you know? And the thing is, he's asking you to do that because it's going to bring something forth, you know? And if he's asking you from the spiritual, it's saying that those things are going to happen here too, right? So we never know, and that's why we got to make sure to just act out and and act out in faith I should say and you acting out in faith it's never going to push you back you know like that's never going to hurt you either that person is going to get lifted up in the word or they're going to get blown back by the word and even still our God's a consuming fire right that's what it comes down to having a childlike faith and I think Derek said it best a while back I forget the example but if your father tells you that he can do three backflips and jump off a house you're going to believe me and tell all your friends about that. Yeah, my dad can do this. I know he can do it because he told me. 
You know, it's like kids don't know any better. They're like, you know, but if your father tells you that, you know, you can do whatever. I mean, yeah. Even more if your father tells you that you can do three by flips. Yeah, there you go. You're going to go try it until you can do it. All right. Amen. Amen. That's childlike faith, right? And then where does it get to the point where we let the world strip so much of our confidence away, you know, like that boldness of a child, like it just seems like now all the things that we know now, so many of those things, how many have been like lies that are like keeping your confidence away, you know, but it's like we should still have that boldness that we had as a little kid. We had it then. We should keep on walking with that and holding on to that, right? Because like you're saying, Martin, that was so awesome. Like everything on this page, like these are real. This is real. So if he says we can do it, that's exactly what it is, right? We can do that. For, where am I? Verse 20. Okay. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. So that's another just boost right there, you know, like we're all accountable for having forgiveness of each other anyways, you know, so if that's a brother that you're reaching out to, you know, I keep saying brother, but you know, like brother or sister, like that you're reaching out to, then it's okay if like they get offended if you're like bringing the truth, you know, because they're going to forgive and whether you were in the wrong or the right, they're going to bounce back and God's going to bring that to life, right? And all the truth is confrontational. You know, sometimes we feel like we, we need to tell the truth aside from confrontation. That's not the way truth is. Truth usually has to cut through something in order to get to something. I agree. Amen. Amen. Confrontational. And it's so true, too, because, like, even with us taking in something that is going to change our understanding, like you have to put your beliefs against that truth that's coming into your life. So right there, that's you going full at something, you know? So, all right. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto, earth unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents, but for as much as he had not to pay his lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made the servant therefore fell down worship and saying lord have patience with me and i will pay thee all then the lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed and forgave him the debt but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying pay me thou that thou owest and his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him saying have patience with me and I will pay thee all and he went not but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt so when his fellow servants saw what was done they were very sorry and came and told unto their lord all that was done so just then his lord after that he had called him said unto him O thou wicked servant I forgave thee all that debt because thou desiredest me. So just think about this. This guy had just got all this grace from his Lord, right? And then go shakes down some person that's under him. And I just think about it too. Like clearly this guy that he just went and shook down 
if he's one of the lords and has childlike faith, you know, and what was it saying would be better to do? It'd be, you know, anyone that comes against a child of God, like this is kind of the fate of them, you know, like we have confidence in that, knowing that we are children of God. We don't have to worry about that. But it's just us getting this like amazing gift of grace, amazing gift of love, amazing gift of mercy, like of what we truly deserve we should be happy to go out you know and do these things like no matter what come no matter what persecutions or anything like that come our way we should be happy to do that just knowing everything that God has done for us you know and it should be easy and he's right there next to us too right right. so Shouldst not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? So this is forgiveness again, right? And his Lord is wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brothers his trespass. So, yeah, that, um... Just that gift of grace and us not using it as a cloak to really just keep on doing whatever we want to do, but it's really cutting away from the world and whatever ties that is, even though, even just like thinking about our desires, like Sarah had talked about not going home and watching TV after this, you know, after you get filled up in the word and then going back to just like poor vanity back into your mind and just thinking about that I mean okay so not saying that you know watching TV is sin you know not saying like watching TV is the devil you know but you never know just what might pop into your mind from that you know so it's not even just necessarily not sinning I mean that's a huge part but also just staying away from temptation like literally slamming the door in the devil's face and just knowing that the further you keep yourself away from those things the better off you're going to be to be able to stay inside of that and part of that is just you using your body as a sacrifice and being thankful for that right just thankful for those things and that's a way to just it's funny you say that too because I haven't turned that TV on in a little over a month now and when I come home I don't even think about it. It doesn't even cross my mind. The TV has just become a piece of furniture, you know? It's like I'd rather get into the Word or listen to a sermon or get into whatever, but you're right. It's kind of like any little way in that the enemy can have, he'll use on you. That is a fact. He will try it. And it is like Sarah was talking about tonight, the very little sins, the little things. It's not the big things like fornication, this and that. It's that iniquity. It's just when you decide to, when the Lord says, I want you down in prayer, and you say, well, in like 15 minutes, I'm going to make something to eat, I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to give you time. And it's like little by little things just start to seep in. And then before you know it, you're not obeying him at all. It's just really crazy. That's how it's happened to me, where I found myself just losing the drive just by letting iniquity in. Something that you know God doesn't like, and the enemy just uses that until he can get to another area in your life. You're right. Do not work for little foxes within the vineyard. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's true, man. It's like I said about the eye and the foot, you know, if the TV offends you, cut it off. Unplug <laughs> it. You know? Plug it out of your eye. 
Some people have like problems breathing now because of they inhale so much ash. But it, you know, it, right? It comes down to like if, if this boy, most likely when he's 25, it's going to be forgiven anyway because he's under age to begin with. So I doubt he'll have to pay all that off. But you know, let's say that he's 25 and everything gets wiped away, he needs to be a different person. Yeah. Right. He needs to like. That we should always relieve people of their debt because like right. we talked about this past Sunday. No matter who owes you, you owe somebody much more. Because always, we all owe somebody. And that's why he says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Because you owe somebody. You owe your parents. You owe someone that when you were down, oh, you can never pay him. Yeah. You know, so it's just so true that, you know, we all owe somebody. And, and like Deborah said, this kid may not ever get the chance to, you know, make that right because of what went on. But, I mean, I honestly don't even believe that kid was involved. You know, I believe that it was some government thing, and they tried to use a kid to make a point. I'm not going to well, go into conspiracy, but... Do you know that it, it just, took them how many days to get a helicopter with water up there? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, 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 they practiced daily in Troutdale, Oregon, there, with helicopters and dumping water. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't they just say, okay, let's go practice on a real fire? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's like three airports within that area that... that collect water off the Columbia River with, with planes and helicopters. They could have put that thing out in like hours. Because at that time when that was going on, you had the hurricanes right. rushing up the East Coast, and then you had something else going on in the South. I can't remember exactly what it was, but you know, I kind of got the impression and I mean, that's just me. I'm crazy like that. No, I think it's stuff like that. You have to question it's like that. thinking yeah. outside of the box. Um, they always manage to catch the person that did it. Someone just happened to be passing by when the kid threw the thing, and, you know, it blew up. So I think maybe it was a kid that helped start it, but he was probably working for somebody, you know. they You'd be surprised how this thing goes. The news is always there to catch what they want to catch, but then there's so many things that go on, and it's just like, oh, well, we, we're still looking. We don't know. They don't even know who Tupac's real killer is today, but they caught the boy throwing the thing out in the forest, and everybody kept, you know, just forgive me, Lord. I mean, it's about you, but I'm just saying, I believe that, man, almost nothing happens by accident today. Yeah. You know, a lot of crazy stuff. And it's like, why would you go to the forest 
to buy some fireworks. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah why, why hike him out there? And on your way back, that's when we like to, mm. you know, let and him Two up. people chased him, I think, right? And they caught him or something. It's also fishy. Yeah, and, yeah. and he said that he didn't do it. <laughs> like we were talking about, um, what day was that? Uh, it was one of the studies we did, but we were talking about how, I think it was the last study, but they'll always say, when there's a shooter in the school. Oh, yeah. You know, they'll always say, man, the shooter did this and that. But you know why he did it? Because they found out that he was a Christian and people were messing with his religion. And he finally brought a gun to school and just decided to shoot up the school. But they may not know anything else about the killer. But before he shot himself, he made it known that he was a Christian. And you see how crazy Christians are? That's why we got to pass more laws and make sure that this thing gets outlawed. But they're always pointing and putting in the things. And the guy probably never even said that. But they'll always add that in there. This is another agenda to make sure every shooter was a Christian. Almost every single one of them. They'll always say, yeah, he was a Christian. It's almost like they want that idea out there so the, the ignorant public can say, yeah, see, that's why I don't like Christians. This is exactly why. When they don't agree, they get crazy. And, it, you know, it's an agenda. You know, it's a lie. All right. Uh, anybody going to pray out tonight? I'll pray. There's nobody else. Yeah. 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 See, I'll do it quick. Anybody else wants to pray out tonight? Okay. Yeah. I guess we could all get some prayer in. Thank you, Lord, for this time together. Thank you for forgiving us of all our sins. Lord, thank you for giving us, giving us so many opportunities, so many chances to to do things right for you. Yes, Lord, we, we pray that you just keep building us up. Just salt us, Lord. Have us have us hold you inside so I can preserve you inside of us. Amen. Lord, we, we, we thank you for everything you do for us. We thank you for... Your, your spiritual armor that you put onto us. Yes, Lord. Lord, thank you for the breastplate of righteousness, the, the sword of spirit, the, our, our, our shoes, yes, Lord. preaching the gospel of peace, yes, Lord. The, the helmet of salvation, and you, the shield of faith to protect us from the enemy, to quench those fiery darts. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord please arm us and Arm our angels and help us do your will. Yes. Guide us well. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I also want to praise you all. And I thank you, Lord, thank for this you, time with my brothers and sisters that you've given us, that you've kept us all in good health and perfect peace. Lord, I want to pray a special prayer tonight for the brethren for ministries in line with this ministry, for ministries that are out there doing what they need to do. Lord, as we were sitting here, you spoke to me, and I believe this is what you want me to speak. But Lord, I'm believing that the enemy at this stage of the game, he knows that you're building your army, and he knows that you're doing something mighty here. And if the enemy can, he is going to do whatever it takes, mm -hmm. including play mind games with yes, your yes. people to cause discord. Yes. Mm -hmm. He will do things, Lord, outside of your very nature mm -hmm. that will get people in different places. Yes, He'll make us complacent. He'll put us in spots where we might be thinking that we're greater than we are. 
I pray, Lord, that you behind this, that you humble us all. Yes, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you keep us within the confines of your spirit and your last two commandments, which is to love the Lord thy God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And Lord, I pray that we live in those things. And I pray that no matter what the enemy tries to come up with, I pray that all the enemy tries to do, Lord, because he is a liar. And we have to know that if anything, Lord, that is destructive that comes upon us is not of you, I pray that you give us all the strength to cast it down. Yes, I pray for my my brother Martin, Lord, who prayed a sincere prayer tonight. You, I pray that you cover us in that armor, Lord, because living your lifestyle is what it's about. Yes, Jesus. I pray for my Chris, my sister Christina, Lord. You know what she's going through. Yes, you know whatever's going on in her life. I pray that you continue to strengthen her, that she may continuously walk in your ways. Yes, Lord, I pray for my brother Sam and all the responsibility he has teaching the youth he and my sister deborah lord with yes, all that lord they're Jesus. going through lord it is a daunting task because the enemy is trying to find ways around what you call just to get to the youth yes, so lord i God. pray lord you said when the enemy comes in like a flood that you will raise a standard against him lord i pray over those kids in their minds I pray that you give them the wisdom necessary to do what yes, you call. Jesus. And for my brother Carlin, Lord, with all that he's going through in his life, that all that he's endured, I pray that you pour unto his obedience even more, that he may have that yes, fire, that he may go and Thank do what you Jesus. desire. For we need more people like you, Lord. We need more people that are willing to go out there and put themselves on the line for you. Yes, and I pray that you light a fire within us all. The responsibility you, he has, Lord, with this other thing that you got going for him. Lord, Jesus. give him all that is necessary that he might not lack. Yes, I pray for my sister Sarah, Lord, with all she's going through in her life. Lord, I pray that whatever bound, whatever uh, bonds and shackles that the enemy has on her, I pray that you break them yes, down. Jesus. And I pray that you cast them out. And yes, I pray Lord that you God. get rid of them, Lord, that she might be set free. Thank you, Jesus. She doesn't want to work for this world, Lord. She wants the freedom and the spirit to, you, to tell the world about you. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that that's something that you give us all, Thank you, that God. you grant us in righteousness and true holiness, seeking you Thank while you. you might be found, yes, working, Lord, for the time will come when no man can. Yes, Build Jesus. us up for these times we're walking into. And let us remember, we only got one enemy, and that is the devil. Yes, Lord. God. And Lord, do these things, I pray, and we all pray for, for your glory and honor, for yes, we love Lord. you. Yes, In Jesus. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Lord. Lord, I also pray for your spirit, Father. Father, you poured out your spirit this year, Father. So, Lord, I pray for an accountability, Lord. Thank I you, pray Lord. that we don't get stagnant, Father. Yes, I pray Jesus. that I don't get stagnant, Father, in the spirit and uh, what you've poured out, what you've commanded, what you've asked, Father, yes. that if we don't listen to your spirit it, right now, it's just as breaking one of the Ten Commandments, Lord, that it's your law, Lord, when you speak to us, Father, that it's Amen. to draw us, it's to grow us, it's to bless us, Father. Amen. It's for our own good, Lord. So, yes, Lord, Lord, we submit ourselves, Father, to that, Father, and we, we, we hunger, Father, and we uh, anticipate, Father, uh, for every word that you're going to speak and say to us, Lord. Thank and, you, Father, Lord. the more obedient we are, the more you're going to speak, the more you're going to add to us, Father, if we're faithful with your little, Father, yes, if we're faithful Lord. with our schedule and how obedient we are and everything that we do and, and with our friend list, with 
who how we spend our time with people how we talk and minister and disciple others, Father, that you're going to just bring such uh, dynamic, such responsibility and different responsibility in our life that's just going to bring us joy and fulfill and feed the desire in our heart, God, that it all starts with the little, uh, the bag of gold that we have in front of us, Father, multiplying what you've given us. So, Father, that you can give us more, Father, and we can have a double portion, Father, of what you've already uh, of, of trusted us with father so father um, i pray father for this ministry lord i pray father for your oneness father i pray that as brothers and sisters in christ lord that we can uh, pull each other closer to you god yes. uh, that lord we can sharpen each other father uh, like rocks lord sharpen each other father with love and with rebuke and discernment and grace and mercy and and favor over each other father that we do favor each other more than other people that are not seeking you and running after you and wanting you lord that we do have a favor to each other father because we all know that everyone here wants you lord and everyone here father is hungering for you and wants your truth and wants only you and what your spirit wants in this life father so i pray for that that oneness and that friendship father friendships to be built in this ministry father and i pray father for that uh for um just unity in that and once that's built father pray for more people that we can all disciple individually and separately father that we can encourage uh, each other to disciple and love um and uh, just bring more to your gospel father to bring more to your body and community Mm. that you've called us to lord thank you jesus build your church father on uh on this understanding father build your church father and let your kingdom come father let all the power that you've held back father come down lord and Father, allow us to be um, uh, in tune with you, Lord, to accomplish that, Father, and build your church as it is in the Word on earth, Father, before before we pass away, Father, that we can see the fullness, Father, that we can see how you've uh, called us to live in community and, and live as Christians, Father, and to be joyful, Father, and show love to one another, Father. We pray all these things in your name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to just ask you lord we're so appreciative for your peace lord that transcends all understanding father but i just pray that you increase our boldness lord and for the fact that you put us into situations where it pushes us out of comfort and safety lord jesus because we know that we're always in your safety father so lord i just pray that as satan continues to push his agenda father that's okay because that just means that your disciples are getting more and more ready too, Father. So I just pray that whatever spirit, Father, I just want to speak directly to the homosexual spirit, Lord Jesus. I just pray that you just equip these people or your disciples with the knowledge and the wisdom and the boldness just to go at it, whatever it looks like, Lord, yes. with love, Amen. Lord, with passion. No matter what, Father, we just want to see these people set free yes, from these snares, Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Father, I just thank you that you just increase also the desire for us to want to just get in your word up by ourselves, Lord Jesus, because yes, we've Lord. been blessed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. So yes, there's no Lord, point Lord. in us just sitting on it, waiting in an envelope for salvation, yes, Lord Jesus, but yes, to yes, actually Lord. walk this thing out, Lord. And I just want to yes, thank amen. you for you just 
fortifying us with the armor that we've already talked about, Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. but just reminding us that we're ready to go because we have what we need, but every single day we need to wake up and get into that, yes, Father. Yes, yes. So thank you for continuing to increase that desire and that passion for the people, mm-hmm. Lord Jesus, the people that mm-hmm. are really just wanting to glorify you and your cause, Father. Thank so you, please continue to pour out your spirit this yes, year, Lord. Jesus. This is a year of new beginnings, and we feel it coming, Lord. So thank you for all that we've been sowing these last couple of years, Lord Jesus, and even longer. And I just pray that that increase in the harvest is just coming through, thankfully, to you. And we're going to and we know that the laborers are few, Father. So we ask you right now that more laborers come through for us, Father. Yes, and we yes, just pray yes, that you send them, Lord, and you just align us in the path of people that are truly hunger, hungering for you to want to lift you up, Father, in yes, your name. Lord. I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I want to come to you this evening in Jesus' name. Thanking you, Lord God, for just everything. Thanking you, Lord God, for your grace and your mercy and your loving kindness, Lord, and your long-suffering upon us. For being a faithful Father who does not treat us as our sins deserve, but giving us opportunities after opportunities to come to you, Lord, to be those obedient children, not the children of wrath. And Lord God, I'm just praying tonight in the name of Jesus that every one of us has a call appointed unto you, Lord Jesus Christ, and that we are obedient unto that call to do thy will and thy will only. Thank you. Lord God, for everything that you gave on the cross for us, Lord, you took our stripes. You took our beating. You took everything that we were supposed to take, Hallelujah. Lord. And you put it on the cross. You crucified the flesh on that cross, Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what you want each and every one of us to do, Lord. Crucify that flesh. That we will take up our cross and to follow after you. That we will be single-eyed upon you, Lord Jesus Christ. That your glorious light will shine through us to this world, Lord Jesus Christ. To this world that is lost and going to, the, going to hell, Lord God. And I'm praying that you will use your willing vessels and servants to go out into this world. And that we will go and that we will talk. Lord Jesus Christ, that we will talk to the drug addicts. We will talk to those that are bound by alcoholism, Lord God, that are just wandering around in this world blind of the truth, Lord Jesus Christ. And we have that truth in us, Lord God. And you want us to just go out and to tell the people the only way, Lord, that they can be healed of all those things. And that is by having a relationship with you, Lord God, because we know what you've done for us in our life, Lord. So I'm praying that you loose the cult. Loose our lips, Lord Jesus Christ, that we not be silent little lambs anymore, but that we have the Lion of Judah inside of us, and that we go out in boldness of spirit, Lord God, the peace of the mind, having that sound mind about us, Lord Jesus Christ, that we will go out and we will tell people, no matter what the cost, because we have counted the cost, Lord Jesus Christ, and you are worth everything. Yes, Lord. Lord God, I'm thanking you tonight, Jesus Christ, that we are all here under one accord, and that is you, Jesus. And I thank you, God, for everything that you've done. Thank you, Lord. And I'm praying, Lord God, that you pour out a fresh anointing and your Holy Ghost upon this ministry, that we are obedient unto you, Lord, even the death of the cross, if that is what it takes, Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We know the times that we are living in, Lord God. We see the evil that's around us. And I'm praying, Lord God, with everything that's going on, that no matter what persecution, trials, or tribulations that come our way, because we have you deep inside of us, Lord God, that peace and that joy and that love, Lord God, that no matter what happens to us, we will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Thank you, God Almighty, for everything that you've done, Lord God.
Det är det värsta orsmännen att bli inlättad. Thank you, God. For you're the only one worthy of all the praise, worthy of all the glory, worthy of all the honor. Continue, Lord Jesus Christ, to build up our armor as we press forward into that spiritual warfare, Lord God. But I pray that it burn within us that we can walk by people every day and not tell them about you. Give us a new mind, Lord, new thoughts that are your thoughts. Thank you, God. In Jesus Christ, you must holy name. Holy Father, I want to pray for some of the people who are not here tonight. I want to pray for Melissa and her family, Lord Jesus, and her boys. I pray that you just remove any demonic spirits that are tormenting her son, Lord Jesus, in the school that he's in. And, Lord, I know her desire is to be more active in this ministry and to come out this way, Lord. And I ask that you open up those doors to make that way for her, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray for Aline and her son, Lord Jesus, and everything she's going through right now, Lord Jesus. I pray that you are able to fill her with the hope and faith and keep her rooted and grounded in you, Lord Jesus, that her foundation right now be layered up one layer by one layer in you, Lord Jesus, in the rock, Lord, and not the sand, Lord Jesus. And I pray that you keep her hope alive and rooted and anchored in heaven, Lord Jesus, not on this earth, not the carnal, not what we see, Lord, but in faith. Father, I want to pray for Jake, Lord Jesus. I haven't been able to see him for a while but he is always consistently talking to us in the group chat and i just pray you pull the world out of him lord break him from those shackles lord jesus make him so disgusted of it that all he wants is you all he can see is you every time he reads your scriptures let it come to life and transform his inside lord jesus and get him here to be an effective evangelist for you lord jesus in this ministry lord lord i pray against the devil and him trying to break people apart from this ministry lord jesus i ask that you bring those sheep back Lord Jesus, and they be grown up strong in you, Lord. Feed them, Lord Father. And I ask that you use us to feed them, Lord, spiritual food and real food, Lord Father. In Jesus' name. Yes, Father God. Amen. Amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.